proudly sparring with T-crossing shoes. I swear to God, dude, if this isn't your new fucking intro, I'm going to fucking block you on every fucking platform that we're friends on. I'm out. SMT for life, motherfucker. <laughs> And there you have it. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast, the T Cross yeah, and Juice. Yeah, we've been we've been using the <laughs> the Leo and Juice one for fifty episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just never made a new one. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's actually funny that you mentioned that because that's going to come up later. But um, how you doing, man? Good. Um. So kind of funny story about uh so i did that that show this weekend for the knights of columbus fundraiser yes, please tell me about that now i did not expect the crowd to be like my age but i did not expect the crowd to be quite as old as it was <laughs> when i showed up and i walked down there and i saw the crowd i was like oh boy this is gonna be a rough night Oh, dude! Not not that I'm like overly offensive or raunchy or anything like that, um, but I was like, yikes! So my uncle was running the show, like the event, and then during the comedy portion, he handed it off to me. So before the comedy portion started, he essentially started it with like, "This is gonna be a comedy show." Like. If you're offended, like the door's right there, you can leave. Like, I don't want to hear any complaints. Like, there's gonna be bad words, there's gonna be some topics, like just get over yourself. Like, essentially started the show with that. So that was cool. But the bad part about hosting the comedy section of the night is I wasn't able to watch other comics go and then kind of see how the crowd was. I went up first because that's what the host does. They do oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I went in kind of like totally blind. I don't know how they're going to react to this. All in all, the crowd was very good. It was a big crowd. So like if a hundred people laughed and 50 people didn't, you still got a hundred laughs. So it sounded like you were doing well. Um, my uncle said he did get some complaints. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's like a filler that comics do, especially newer comics like me and my open mic friends are when there's like, you make a joke and you're kind of trying to figure out where you're going next. You just go like, Jesus Christ. It's just like a filler of like a silence, yeah. filler. something that we do. We don't know we're doing it, but apparently we did it quite a bit. That was a big complaint that Jesus Christ was said all the time. There was a, sta a statue of Mary in the corner. Cause it happened at a Catholic school cafeteria. Um, a couple people would say something fucked up and then go like, sorry, Mary, like point it out. <laughs> people didn't love that. Um, but all in all, the show went really well, but here's the funny story. So it, it, it becomes funny. Let me start by this. Okay. One of my, one of my uncles, um, is, has been diagnosed with like Alzheimer's dementia. He lives in Connecticut. So they, came... you said it becomes funny because funny story diagnosed yeah. with Alzheimer's like, Whoa. Yeah. So he came to visit for the weekend. Cause like. According to my aunt, um, it's it's like deteriorating pretty fast. So she wanted to get him out, see everybody before it gets like too bad. Um, so he was in the crowd. And so th there's that part of the story. And 
so one of the comics that I that I booked is a black guy. Very, very funny. Now he runs a show uh in North Brunswick, right by uh right by Rutgers. So I did his show a few weeks ago. I was the only white person in a room full of black people. My first time experiencing that, speaking to an all black crowd, which I, I did find surprising. You mean like first time experiencing that as a comic, right? Like first time right, yeah, as a comic. Yeah. I I I played sports my whole life. Sports are dominated okay. by black. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, so as a comic, the first time ever performing to a room full of black people. So before I brought him on stage, I made that comment like I he booked me in a room full of black people. I had to return the favor and make sure he was the only black guy in a room full of white people. So Josh Tinley, come on stage. So he comes on stage. And mind you, I brought my camera that I used for like, uh, you know, when we did the podcast, I yep. brought that so I could film everybody's sets and film it, you know, horizontally, professionally. So then when I was cutting up the videos, uh I when I brought up Josh, first thing he said when he grabs the microphone is, What's up, white people? And then you hear someone on the camera say, What's up, blackie? Oh, no. Oh, it was my no. uncle that has dementia. <laughs> oh shit, dude. So I'm editing the video and like I heard it and I, I rewound it a bunch of times. I'm like, that voice is familiar. Uncle. I texted my sister. I'm like, yo, check this out. Listen to this. And I said, it sounds like uncle. I don't, I don't want to say his name. Yeah. It sounds like my uncle. And my sister goes, that's because it was him. I was sitting right next to him. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, dude. Yeah. And uh, I also had this other joke during my set. It didn't do quite as well as I was hoping, but I'm still really proud of it. I ran the joke by the black guy first and you'll get why. So I start like I ended my set. I, I wanted to open my set with it, but I just forgot until the end of my set. So I closed with it of like, this is a comedy show. So I want everyone to join in and everyone say the F word. Ready? One, two, three. And most of the crowd yelled out, fuck. And I said, all right, very good. Now, like, let's say the S word. Let's all join. Let's say shit. All right, ready? The S word. One, two, three. Everybody said shit. And I was like, good. All right. Now, everybody in the crowd, I want you to say the N word. One, two, three. And one person yelled out, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, that could go bad, dude. Right. That's why I ran it by the black guy first. I'm like, I have this joke idea that I wanted to try tonight. In case someone says it, because look at the crowd, a bunch of old white guys, like someone might yell it out. Will let like upset you. He was like, no, that's a great joke. And I hope someone says it because I can like then you pick on him, going in on him when I go up. And I'm like, dude, you're yeah. the fucking man. He's like, he's the coolest. I fucking uh, love that. Yeah. So, but one person went, no. <laughs> and that is an N word. So technically, yeah. Are, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was it was good. It was it was a good show. A uh, lot of fun, and yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, it was a good time. Well, I think I told you last time we recorded that we got approved for an apartment. That's right, because I yes. I didn't want to say the location and then have a sex mate. I could figure it out, and I was like, yeah, you motherfucker, hold us the location. Yeah, <laughs> same location. Um, 
Yeah, basically. Um, so we're we're like that's happening in a couple of weeks, and we're like scrambling, but we're gonna be able to take a break from that. Um, so this is a I haven't told you this. I, I should have told you off, Mike. There's gonna be no show next week because on Friday, or at least unless we record a different day, but usually Fridays is like the only day that both work for us. Um, I'm going up to see Leo's show. Uh, Leo is in uh, doing a play up in Massachusetts, and I'm going to see it. That where he lives now? Yep. So he 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 come to see my show back in October. I was saying because he was moving cross country, so he just worked it in to like stop at my um uh, my basically my place on the way and then go see the show. Um, so I'm returning the favor. Cool. He moved his um his uh his son lives in Massachusetts, so he's going to live with his son. Cool. And is uh, he, is he close to Boston? Not really. So, like, I don't know where Boston is. I think I looked it up. I think it's like a well, it's like three four hours. I oh, think okay, from wow. him, but he lives in like the the. If you look at like Massachusetts, is a pretty square state. It's like mm-hmm. the bottom left corner. Okay, cool. So, um, but weirdly enough, it's so like, I guess it it, like you know, let's say like the tri-state area, and you can go like, even sometimes. Tri-state area is Connecticut and, and New York, New Jersey, right? It's like those three. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people lump in PA for some reason. I feel like Connecticut and PA can be interchangeable depending on how you look at it. Even though I really always thought just be... it was PA because like most of my family is in New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania. So I've heard people say like the tri-state area and my brain just goes like, oh, it's where my family lives. It's those three states. Like Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought too. Um, but uh. So, yeah, so it's pretty common for people that live in New Jersey to just, like, go to New York for the day or whatever. Um, or, like, sometimes people from New York go down to Atlantic City or whatever. Um, I forgot how fucking big New York is and how, like, just how close the New England states are. Because it's, like, a five-hour drive for me to go see Leo, yeah. um, which seems significant. But, like, the theater that he's um, performing at is in upstate New York. <laughs> it's like it's like a, a half hour drive from where we're saying we're staying at this place in in massachusetts and then we're we're going like 30 minutes away crossing the border just barely in new york yeah it, yeah upstate is like it's a hike yeah which and there's and there's like parts of new york that like uh maybe is it buffalo or like in that area you can pop there over to is. canada for for a little bit right yeah so. apparently i i just found this out recently but Buffalo is like so close to Canada that Buffalo sports games play the Canadian national anthem before every game also. Really? Because they're like so expecting Canadians to come to the game just out of respect. Every home Bills game and home Sabres game plays the United States anthem and the Canadian anthem. Maybe that's why Ariel Hawani loves the Bills. Could be. It could be. Because I was thinking um, my... Um, one of my best friends, her husband went to school in Buffalo and he, whenever we're like, I'm like going to a party, I'm like, Hey, I'm picking up beer. Do you want anything? I forget what it's called, but it's like a Canadian beer. He's like, I only want that. That's the only beer I drink. Molson. I think so. It might be that. I'm pretty sure it's that. Um, yeah, there's another one that's like, it starts with an L that's like a second choice. Um, but I think Molson is the first choice. Yeah, that's the Canadian brand that I recognize. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely they're the people that I went to the uh, the Devils game with. Okay, boo. 
I understand you being a Rangers fan because you grew up going to the city and everything, but like for me, and I get that there's a rivalry and like there are some really shitty hockey fans. Like when we were at the Devils game, my friend warned me like they're gonna have this stupid chant where they're gonna say Rangers, uh, Flyer, Swallow, whatever, whatever. And I was just like, what the fuck? But new the like I'm very proud to be living in New Jersey. I love it here. And like New Jersey Devils is the only professional sports team that has New Jersey on the name. Like the Giants play here, but it's New York Giants. Like all, I think the Jets too. It's like yep. for some fucking reason. But yep. New Jersey Devils name New Jersey, play New Jersey. It's like I gotta support. Yeah, the the Nets used to be New Jersey also before they moved to Brooklyn, the NBA team. That's what I thought. Okay. They did, they did. That was a thing that I remember. Yeah, they were new. They were the New Jersey Nets. I don't know when they started, but for most of my life, I feel like they moved to Brooklyn like less than ten years ago. It feels pretty recent. Um, but my semblance of time since the pandemic happened is just all out of whack. Like that was four years ago, when you know the the whole like don't go anywhere. Oh, dude, I recently that's been coming up on people's like memories and stuff, and I'm like, I can't believe that was four years ago. Like that's crazy. So my idea of time is just warped. I have no idea how long ago anything was at this point. Like, I, I was thinking about this literally last night. Me and Karen are coming up on six years together. So, like, most of our relationship was pandemic. Like Shit, I didn't even think about that. We've been together six. Pandemic has been four. So we were only together two years when we, like... Wow we're locked in a house together for like six months and we fucking survived somehow without her killing me. Honestly, if, 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 if the relationship works, that can make it stronger. Yeah. Cause I remember being locked up for the pandemic. Kate and I's relationship was like kind of rocky. And then the pandemic like healed it for a while. Oh, really? Like, we're, we're not for that, I would have been separated sooner, to be honest. Right. Probably. Yeah, I, I told this joke on stage last night because Karen was there. I was trying to, you know, try this out. I was like, I found out the, good, the key to a good relationship. You need to find someone that loves you, but doesn't like you very much. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. My girlfriend loves me. She adores me. She would do anything for me. She would kill any of you in here for me. But like five nights a week, I get home from work having not seen her all day. And I go, hey, I'm going to go out and do comedy. I'll see you tomorrow. And she's like, thank fucking God. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and when I'm like hanging out and then she's like, hey, the girls want to have a girls night. So I'm going to go out and grab drinks with the girls. And I'm like, thank fucking God I can watch the hockey game in peace. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad joke. Uh, I love it. I love that one. Well, usually we take like several weeks, so there's a lot to get caught up on, but we're just, we, we recorded last week, so we're already pretty fresh. Do you want to yeah, get right into no, talking about some fights? And there was no fights last week, so we don't have anything to really catch up on. Exactly. Preview next so, week. yeah, as we, as we mentioned last week, I wanted to take the first part of this episode and just sort of talk about all the fucking fights that got announced for UFC 300. And some of, I, I think some of them are rumors, which we'll get into. But before we get fucking love Scarlet, um, 
before we get into it, I want to ask you, um, there's been some talk about like, oh, who cares that it's UFC 300? Why do we have to load it up just because it's sad? It could just be another pay-per-view. Like, just, just get it more spread out. Let's just make sure we have good cards. And like, to that point, 299 is a pretty fucking decent pay-per-view card already. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, on doing that? Yeah, I think they they fucked themselves in the long run with doing numbered pay-per-views because like UFC 200 or UFC 100 was a huge show and then 200 was a huge show. And I think people have skewered their expectations for 300 because if 300 was 301 like the card right now was 301 or 312 let's just make it a a random number everyone would be like dude this pay-per-view is fucking stacked it's a great fucking card but because ufc 100 was brock lesnar versus UFC 200 was originally supposed to be John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. And then, you know, failed drug tests and whatever. And this one, they haven't even announced what the main event is yet. Um, And we can, you know, discuss rumors about that later. I love the card. I think the card is fucking fantastic. Uh, But MMA fans, for the most part, can't really read. So... Especially at this point, so like, except the people that listen to this podcast, right, right, we have I've, we have the only group of illiterate fans, which is why yeah. our listenership is so small. Yeah, we're exactly that's exactly right. We have the only <laughs> MMA fans that can read, uh, listening to this show. Um, yeah, so I I love the card. I I just think MMA fans are dumb. Uh, yeah, especially the ones that force John Anik to apologize. Oh my god, dude. I guess let's talk about that because I am largely disconnected from MMA Twitter and stuff like that and 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 whatever is going on. I open up the timeline one day to just find people just defending John Anik and like and or just like shitting on people who who were um shitting on John Anik. Like I was just like what happened? Come to find out it's because he thought DDP won the fight. Yep. What? Yeah. Are Sean Strickland fans that fucking stupid? Yeah. Yes. To answer your question, yes. Yeah. I know I mean... it's a real question, but the answer is yes. Um, it that that's just the MMA space that we've created. Um, on this whole like, oh, I'm free speech. This free speech that. Um, but like. I, 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 let me ask you this. Do you think John Anik's apology was self-induced or do you think the company told him to do that? Because he, he did say something negative about the fan base. I don't believe for a second that John Anik apologized himself. I think he got a phone call from somebody who has a bald head that said, you can't shit on our fan base you need to apologize. I'm not ready to like 100% agree with you, but I'm like 90% probably like, it's a very strong possibility. I, I don't, I, 
I 100% don't think it was self-induced. Whether or not it was like a suggestion that he should and like pressure from fans. But like... Yeah, I don't think he felt he had to apologize. Right. Yeah, I think... Uh, and I, And I made this point right after uh you know dana white's whole free speech thing about sean strickland came about i was like he'll be all about free speech until somebody's speech affects his business yeah and when john anik took a hit at the fans that could affect his business and then what do you know an apology came yep i also i was thinking about this the other day too remember when um when dana white slapped his wife Correct. And he said his punishment was living with it, was coming to face every day. He's like, I'm going to have to live with this. I'm going to be branded this every day. No one has said a goddamn thing about that. Yeah. I I guarantee if a fighter got on the mic and was like, hey, domestic violence is wrong, and I'm working for a company where the president is a fucking wife abuser or whatever, that person would be let go. Yeah. Or fined or given the Joe Silva treatment, like let's bury him on the prelims and give him the toughest fucking style matchups we can. Like, yeah. Right. Yep. Agreed. It's just, it's yeah. The free speech is suggestive at best or selective at best, not suggestive, selective at best. Correct. But on a positive note, (laughs) we do have some bangers for UFC 300. We sure do. So let's get into them here. Now, I have this pull up on Tapology. It's important to note here. Um, they have a main event, and it says unconfirmed rumor, which oh. it says unconfirmed rumor. Okay. Um, so pa- patrons looking at this now will show, because I have I've pulled the screen up. Um, patrons will be able to see what we're looking at here, but um, anyone listening can go to Tapology um, if they want. But I, I figure let's go, let's go bottom to top. Yeah. Because one thing I want to say, like, because I agree with you, like this is a stacked fucking pay per view, and it shouldn't matter. Um, that, but like Dana White being like, "Oh, people are going to be surprised." This card, every every fight's going to feel like a main event, and I'm like, "Does it though?" Every so one, of, every one of these fights could headline uh, an apex an apex card. card. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Let's see. Let's let's do the apex test. So the the first fight of the night, at least according to Tapology, is Jessica Andrade versus Marina Rodriguez. That's a yep. great fight. People got really upset about that fight, and just people in general get very upset with when females fight. Yeah. But this fight is a great. This is a great fight. Yeah. Less I, than I two years ago, this could be a number one contender fight. Yeah, I mean yeah. that could headline the apex. I agree. Oh, and has there. Marina's ranked number nine, really? I think that's the topology rankings. Okay. Although. I feel like they're not far off from a number one contender fight. Yeah. I mean, I think if she's healthy, Tatiana Suarez should be next, but. Yeah, I I heard her, her interview on on Ariel's show and I'm confused. I was confused when, with the talk about the injury. Yeah. I think I stopped like halfway through it. Cause I, I, the, the guy, the documentarian joined and I, I listened to like 10 minutes of him or so. Yeah. I think I had to put it down. Yeah. She was saying a like, and maybe I misheard her, but she was saying that 
she was trying to get them to just postpone the fight a few weeks. Like if, if we could do it like two weeks later, I could do it. Like I've heard people say that before and that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like if you can fight in two weeks, you could fight two weeks prior. Like it's, it's just, I, I, I didn't get it. I was very confused. Um, I mean, maybe she needs more time to like do physical therapy or like get the weight cut. Cause I know, She's a she's a big fucking one fifteener, and she even did yeah. a fight at one twenty five recently. Yeah, yeah, she's very good. She's probably next. I just I don't know yeah. with her injury, and it was really funny. Like the day she pulled out of the fight is when they announced her documentary called like Unbreakable or something. <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're clearly very breakable. No offense. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we just gonna talk about each fight, or are we gonna pick winners? Oh, I don't think it's it's time to pick winners now, unless you want to do like some preliminary picks. Um, that would be interesting. I just I just kind of want to get like your thoughts on each fight and kind of just see if we think it's like main event worthy in a way. Yeah, like three hundred worthy, if that means anything. Yeah, because I'm I, really I, fucking excited for this fight. Yeah, I I vote that yes. Absolutely. Um. Next up, we have Sadiq Yusuf versus Diego Lopez. I, I personally love Diego Lopez. Me too. Um, and I have a love-hate relationship with Sadiq Yusuf. What what's the hate? The hate is his fucking coach. And it's and it's because he's still with this coach. His coach is Lloyd Irvin, the fucking um, rapist piece of shit. Yeah. And he's still not, with him. Yeah, that's that's no good. And I feel like the the fighter coach relationship in MMA is sometimes toxic sometimes there's like father son vibes or whatever yeah and they're like you have this look up to this person but like dude if you're associating with a rapist you're a piece of shit in my opinion but he's yeah. so funny dude those yeah, fucking twitter is great he's so fun like i I'm, I'm mad like i'm mad at how much i like every time i watch one of them they're like unprofessional breakdown and he says it he also says some like transphobic shit that i don't love um but and, and he's he says it he says it wrongly which is so dumb. Um, but it, it, anyway, I, I love his fighting style. And that fucking yeah. fight with Barboza was a banger. Yeah. And, and I, I love Lopez, but the hair yeah. is, the hair's, the gotta hair's go. gotta go, dude. It's in some ways, it's like, it's a throwback, but he's also, he's pretty young. Yeah. It's like, it reminds like I'm 34. Well, I'll be 34 in like five months. Like, it reminds me of the bands that I used to listen to in high school, but <laughs> he's 10 years younger than me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds about right. Which is crazy. Let's see, let's see how old he is. Da, 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 da. Oh, 29. Okay, so he's not. For some reason, I thought he was like 25. Okay. That's still pretty crazy. Wait a I minute. Feel like I feel like Max Holloway is also 29. Max Holloway is 35. Just no kidding. way. No way. I think he's 30 though. Well, we'll get we'll get to Max actually. Let's 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 go to cuz he's on this card. But yeah, Max Holloway. Max Holloway's fight with Conor McGregor. Here's how we can do quick math. He was 20 years old when he fought Conor McGregor. Right. That was in 2014, I think. That's 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 30. 30. 
Crazy, crazy, crazy indeed. He's 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 a fighter's thirty. He he looks yeah. like someone who's been fighting for a long time. Yeah. But I should have said on Diego Lopez's page, what number five in the UFC is this for him? Because he fought against Mosar. He's only had three fights in the UFC. Doesn't it feel like he's had more? And it, it, that was May of 2023. He hasn't even been in the UFC a full year yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he's like, I don't want to say he's a star, but like whenever. He, he's become a name. Yeah, whenever they put him on like the screen at an event, because I feel like he's been at quite a few, like they go bananas. Well, yeah, it's also, I think it's also because he's, he's, um, I think he's Alexa Grasso's jujitsu coach. I think so. I think he, that's right. He moved to that team. He's definitely that team's jujitsu coach. Yeah. Um, and so he's cornered a lot of, of UFC fighters even before his debut, I think. Yeah. Um, which is probably why he did so well. Like he didn't really have UFC jitters in a way. Right. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where I, <laughs> I was listening to the Coming Event podcast toward the end of 2023 when they were doing like a year in wrap up. And they're like, does it? 2023 was so long, dude. Like 2023 felt like such a long ass year. Like yeah. the the beginning card of the year had Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill. And they're like, doesn't that fight feel like five years ago? Yeah. And it's wild. And this is May of 2023. I'm like, oh, I thought that was a couple years ago that he debuted against Movsar. Wild. Movsar Ivloyev. I wanted him to win that fight so bad. Oh, I know. Yeah. He, I think, honestly, if they do a rematch, well, Movsar like, probably was caught off guard. Yeah. So I don't know. But I think he'd give him a fucking tough-ass rematch. Like, that's like, that for me, that fight is very similar to... um. Armand Sarukian and Islam Makhachev. Mm -hmm. That was Armand's UFC debut, and he gave him a fucking run for his money. Yeah. I really want to see that fight again. But Sadiq Yusuf back at it, I mean, that, that's exciting because he was out for a while with, like, long COVID. And yeah, it went five rounds with Barboza, and he's coming right back for a somewhat quick turnaround. So... Now, now we talked about this next fight, Holly Holm versus Kayla Harrison. We talked about it a little bit last week, right? Mm -hmm. When it was like announced. Well, I think it's interesting is like I heard Holly on Ariel Show say, "Oh, I think they're gonna make it like featured prelim, like last prelim, and like she's third fight of the night. That could be early prelims." Yeah, maybe I, they're I, headlining the the fight past prelim headline. Remember those those days? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know in what world that they would headline the prelims on this card. Um, I mean, unless they're really trying to push Kayla Harrison, but that's a huge risk with how, how difficult her making weight seems. Right. Like it's kind of that's probably why. Yeah. Now I wonder, we'll just peek ahead a little bit. So right now, Sterling versus Cater is the quote unquote featured prelim prelim headliner or whatever. Yeah. That I think is a more important fight. Yeah, for sure. So that that makes sense to me. Although I wouldn't be surprised if these guys end up headlining in. Right. Um. But yeah, uh, I guess. Oh, did we answer the question? Does uh, Sadiq Youssef uh, Diego Lopez pass the apex test? Well, Sadiq just just headlined. He just an headlined. Apex, so. Yeah. 
I, I would say yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that's tough because it feels like Diego's not necessarily ready to headline yet, but like you said, he kind of feels like a star in a way. Yeah. So yeah, fuck it. But I would say Holly and Kayla definitely passed the Apex test. For sure. That could even headline a fight night that's like on the road. Yeah. Because they're both pretty big stars. And Holly Holm is a like you know headliner. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, I was saying this is weird. I want to see like what her history is in terms of being a headliner, like recently. Yana Santos, that wasn't the headliner. But the uh the fight against Myron Bueno Silva, I think that was the headliner. I think so. The Kellen Vieira one, I think, also was. I think so. The Irene Irene Aldana one definitely was. So I remember having to watch like five rounds of that. Oh, she's this got one a lot was not because I was on a pay per view. Oh wow, Holly didn't. Holly is not as active as I thought. Well, she's got a lot of canceled fights. Yeah, I like the topology does that. Yeah, I didn't know that she was supposed to fight Juliana Pena. That's interesting. But she fought, not at all in twenty twenty one. Those are canceled. Yeah. She literally fought in 2020 at the tail end, and then not at all in 2021. Fought Kellen in 2022, once in 2023. No, twice because of the Maya Runa Silva. Damn. Yeah. And she's in her 40s, right? She is, I think, just recently turned 40. She might be 41. Oh, 42. Yeah. Fucking A. I still would. For sure. <laughs> what is it? Didn't know on one of the episodes we said that she has a giant clit. I'm pretty sure we did say that. I very much remember that. That was a com- a topic of conversation for sure. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know why she doesn't wear a cup. Gotta protect that thing. Super sensitive. Yeah. Sure is. <laughs> Oh, we're losing listenership already. Um, but uh, you know what's crazy to me looking at this? Speaking of how inactive Holly Holm is. Now, obviously, PFL has the tournament. Kayla Harrison is 16-1. and one. She's only been at this a couple of years. Yeah. Holly Holm has been at it a lot longer, but she's 15-6. and six. Yeah. Yeah, because I think with, with the tournament... What, what do you have, five fights in a year? That makes sense. I think it's five. It might be six. I don't remember. Um, Let me see. So she made her uh, UFC debut. Oh, oh, they have her judo fights on here. Okay, here we go. 2018 was when she made her debut. Where'd it go? There we go. 2018. That, is that why it says she's 16 and one? Oh, no, it just says judo. Okay. Yeah, she fought Brittany Elkin and won by armbar in a, three minutes. Um, that was June of 2018. And so 2018, she had four fights. 2019, f- four, because one of them was canceled. No, five. One, two, three, four. Oh, two were canceled. So four fights in 2021 or 2019. Then the pandemic happened. She did get that fight in Invicta. 
which this is this has been like a kind of a talking point because that's the only time she's fought at 145. Right. And this fight is at 135. Right. And I remember prior to that her saying, like, I don't cut weight. I don't I don't believe in it. I think it's depleting our bodies. I think we should take a stance against that. And then here yeah. she is. Oh, sure, I'll fight in the UFC for you know tons of money if if I have to cut weight. Like, what? It's wild to me. But she literally only fought once in 2023. That's wild. Yeah, because she didn't want to uh she didn't want to do the the tournament again. Yeah. And there was like, I guess, some type of contract dispute and trying to get Cyborg, but Cyborg was in mm. Bellator or something. And yeah, I remember there was some whole fucking dispute over that. And that's right, made- because they said that she she signed a contract to fight Cyborg in Bellator, yeah. but PFL matched it because they had matching rights and then she had to stay. Right. Huh. Well, anyway, I I I don't know what my stance was when we talked about it last week. I think I was just like appalled that she's cutting all that weight. But I'm just like cautiously optimistic. If she does make it to the scale and she looks okay, I'm excited for this fight. So if if, if she's actually saying like I don't cut weight and she walks around at like 155, um, 35 isn't too out of the question because. Holly, I don't know what Holly walks around at, but I think it's got to be close to 150 ish. So, like, if 55 is like her walking weight, maybe 35 won't be that difficult for her. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think um... she is muscular as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really. I want to hear the plan. I want yeah. to hear her go on Ariel's show. She's had to like reschedule a couple times. Yeah. That to me is interesting. No, I'm not going to like tinfoil hat or whatever, but like, yeah, she, I want to hear her go on and, and tell us why she's at 135. Make us believe that yeah. she can make the weight. Yeah. And next up, we have Jim fucking Miller. Do you think? Do you do you think uh, Bruce Buffer is going to announce him like that? No, because he was asked in an interview, the uh, like two days ago, and he said no. Ah, uh, he said he would say Jim freaking Miller, but that doesn't do the same. It takes this thing away. But here's my suggestion: if Bruce Buffer came out and said publicly, whether it be on his Twitter or in an interview, whatever, and said, like, here's what I will do. I'll leave an extra long pause between Jim and Miller and let and the, the crowd, the crowd. That's – I honestly love that because that takes the blame off of them. Yeah. Huh. I, I think I, – because I, I did write that on, like, like I think it was BJPen.com that shared the, the article about – him saying yeah. he won't do it. And I said that, and a couple of people responded like, dude, that's a great idea. Like, that's the only way the it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a really good idea. Yeah. Fuck. Well, obviously, I think there's no question about this. This definitely passes the apex test. Yeah. Because... 
Bobby Green's headlined a couple Apex cards himself. Like, you're never going to tell me that Jim Miller can't headline a card, although I don't think he ever has. Yeah, I don't think so either, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, unless it's back in, like, the Spike days or something. Yeah. Um, Topology fixer for Bobby Green is terrible. It is. Like, clean-shaven Bobby Green is 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 so bad. Oh, it's it's oh. a different picture when you click on him. Yeah, I always notice that when it's a thumbnail when it's on a when it's on a the fight card preview, and then when you click on it, it's a different one. There's still no better topology photo than Makwan Armirkani. Yeah, that's the goat. You know, what I'm talking about the one with he's like surrounded by women. Mm-hmm. Classic. When is he fighting again? I just want to see that picture. Kevin's <laughs> like topology. But we talked a little bit about this fight last week. What do you think as far as the curse? Uh, like the for Jim and Bobby, where they've tried so many times. You mean yes? It just occurred to me. Topology does canceled bouts. Let's see how many times Bobby Green's name appears. Well, I'm on Bobby Green's record now. Jim. Okay, wow. So let's go back. Holy I've shit. already seen him a couple times just scrolling through. Um, okay, so these are like King of the Cage, so we're going early back. Okay. Oh, he was supposed to fight Ike Valley Flag. That's Rhino's boy. Um, so this is, yeah, we're in Strike Force now. Oh, Bobby Green fought James Cross. I didn't know that. I'm showing my, I mean, it's 2013, so I don't feel that bad. Okay, first time they were supposed to fight. 2014. Canceled. So that's one. He's got a lot of canceled fights. Wow, here. he does have. Yeah. Wow. Fucking he's got, George, he's got George Masvidal canceled a couple times on here. Abel Trujillo canceled a couple times on here. Twice in a row, Abel Trujillo. Well, they they're both in August, so they probably down. just tried moving the date. And then scroll down even a little bit further, you got Abel Trujillo again. So three times in 2014 alone, they tried to fight. Yeah. Wow. So Jim Miller twice. So oh, far. yeah, you're right. Wow. Masvidal three times. Maybe Bobby Green's the fucking problem. Yeah. Okay, Dustin Poirier lost. I was at this fight. He caught Bobby clean. That was such a beautiful knockout. Yeah. So is it really only the first time? Okay, we're getting Jim Miller. So now we're 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 in like the the modern era. Or the not well, obviously it was the modern era, but like the post uh post sale, that's what I'm thinking, like the WME era, because right. that was 199 that he got knocked out by by Dustin Poirier. Um again in 2021. And again in 2022. So it really is just three times. That is a lot though. But that's that's probably three times it was on the books. I wonder how many times it was like talked about and then before one of them signed the contract, they had to pull out for whatever. Right. So maybe, maybe it goes deeper than three fights, but that's still like, now I want to go through fucking Bobby Green's council fights to see if he had, cause like I see Clay Guida on there. So I think here's what I'm going to say is the first time they tried to book the fight was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, the other two were both, you know, more recent. So I'm I'm gonna say 
it's not a cursed fight and it's going to happen. Okay. I mean, I, I definitely need that optimism and uh, I hope it fucking happens. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's the right time because he's coming off a bad knockout loss. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that sounds fucked up of me saying it, but I'm like, if there's any time for him to beat Bobby Green, it's now. Right. Well, I do. It makes me a little nervous when Jim Miller was like, I've been around. I've seen every style of fighter except Bobby Green. He's yeah. like, no one really fights like that with their hands down the weird boxing he has. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. But uh, here we fucking go. Jameson Figueredo versus Cody Garbrandt. Right off the bat, I'm going to say yes. This passes the apex test. For sure. Um, like, they were supposed to fight for the title when Jameson was the champion. Yeah. At 125, and now they're both fighting at 135. Which is yeah. like, okay, Cody being at 125 was just a terrible idea. Yeah. I get he's a little undersized for some weights, but like, bro, your chin is suspect. You do not need to be cutting more weight. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a big problem. Um, yeah, de- definitely passes the test. Um, but man, Figgy, Figgy looks good at 35. Yeah, man. he looked really good at 135. And like, didn't didn't Rob Font fight, fight Cody Garbrandt and piece him up? Yes. Like, I know that's MMA math, but it's like, you're fighting a guy who just beat the fuck out of a guy who beat the fuck out of you. So, uh, I honestly... I'm not a betting man, but like the under on this fight has to be like 1.5 rounds. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Which I like those odds. <laughs> I don't even know if the odds are for that. That's I, I like, I like that. Now the bow nickel fight is interesting to me. Bow nickel versus Cody Brundage. Um, was it was it Moicano that was like Cody Brundage sucks? Yeah, he's he was been on a rampage this week. Moicano. Dude, I fucking love Money Moicano. Yeah, I gotta get some of that merch. Moicano wants money. <laughs> you have what you pay me, Money Moicano. I, I, I everything like, as a fighter, as a fan, as a YouTuber. I like this fight. <laughs> as a YouTuber. Yeah, I love that he refers to himself as a YouTuber now. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. As a YouTuber. I was trying to say that. As a podcaster, I really like this card. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, but Bo Nickel, when is the last time he fought? Because I feel like he was super active for a while, and I feel like I haven't heard from him lately. Yeah, it was the it was the Val Woodburn, which was, I think that was a late notice replacement. I can't remember who he was supposed to fight. Oh, Trayshawn Gore. That's right. Um, but uh, that was just before my birthday last year. Yeah. So, wow, that's eight months out. No, seven months. Well, no, seven months from now, but when the fight happens, that'll be a while. Yeah, like nine. Because it's April. Yeah, so that'll be like nine months of inactivity, which is wild for, for him. Like, not only he had like a streak, but he was he's a wrestler. He's used to competition. I like they had a grappling match against Gordon Ryan in 2019. I did not know that. Yeah, that I I remember that that uh, triangle armbar. That's just such a disrespectful submission. 
Yeah, the the funny the funny thing about that uh that match specifically is Gordon really wanted to because at the time this was like before Gordon had all the stomach problems and became mm. a cocksucker. <laughs> like felt the need to comment on public issues and back then he was just talking shit about other grapplers and that's like the kind of stuff that I'm a fan of. So I was like yeah. a huge Gordon fan at the time. And I remember he was like, you know what? Uh, these, these jujitsu guys aren't, uh, aren't any fun because they're too easy. So I want to do a, a match against a, a wrestler and there's going to be no butt scooting allowed. <laughs> and I, I, if I remember correctly, Gordon wasn't allowed in the match to submit off his back because it was assumed that obviously, you know, Bo Nickel is going to take him down. So it's yeah. like, I can only submit you if I get on top. So you can take me down, but if I sweep you, then I can submit. And Gordon made a point like, I'm going to out-wrestle uh, Bo Nickel. So he went in there and like actually out-wrestled Bo Nickel and like shot takedowns. Wow. Down. It was a fucking crazy match. If you can find it on YouTube somewhere. I, I gotta go know. find it. Because I, I remember, I don't remember the exact details, but I remember there was some type of stipulation that, uh, or maybe Gordon wasn't allowed to submit until like 10 minutes in, but they had some type of wrestling rules that if Bo Nickel pinned him, I, I forget exactly, but it was some type of Gordon trying to disadvantage himself to try to out-wrestle Bo Nickel, and then he did. It was fucking awesome. That's amazing. Because yeah. I didn't even think, like, when I first saw I saw triangle armbar, I assumed it was a mounted triangle armbar. And that's yeah. why I said it's a disrespectful submission. Because it, it, it just occurred to me, you can get it from the bottom, and that's not that disrespectful. But, like, every time I've seen a mounted triangle armbar, it is the nastiest, filthy thing. And it's like, I'm doing this. You can't do shit about it. It's my like balls are right in your face, right in your face, Sitting on your chest. My balls are in your face and I'm about to snap your arm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when Damian Maya did it on fucking Chael Sonnen. Yeah. But, but it was also a TKO because he was or no Ed Herman. It was Ed Herman one. The, yeah. the, the Chael Sonnen was a regular triangle. The Damian Maya dude, Damian Maya against Ed Herman, the mounted triangle finish with the TKO is one of the filthiest finishes forget knockout what i like just a finish that i've ever seen it's so nasty yeah all right here we go so that's that fight i'm excited i to be honest with you i don't think this passes the apex test bo nickel bo nickel but like who the fuck is cody brundage like to me bo nickel's not a star yet to carry a card by himself now bo nickel versus a ranked middleweight that is easily a headliner. Um, I, I, like fifty four for Cody Brundage, like I probably like topology rankings, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna disagree. I think uh, I think they've pushed Bone Nickel enough that they would headline him at an, an Apex show because I mean he did he headline two uh, contender series cards, which isn't the same thing, but yeah. um, I I I think they would do that. Whether it would do well is a different question, but I I think he could. Was it two contender series cards? Yeah, he did two contender series fights. Wow. Okay, so they they really were like, 
That's right. So this was his debut in Jorge Masvidal's promotion or whatever right. icon, and then he got those two contender series fights. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So clearly it was like, like they didn't sign him off the first one. It wasn't like, oh, it it was literally just like let's get you more experience. Let's have you on another right. contender series card. Yeah. I I guess I I get what you're saying. I just think like they're trying to give him a slow build in a way. Like they're giving him cans in a way. Not that Cody Brundage is a can, but to Moicano's point, he sucks. Yeah. Like, what's his UFC record even? By the way, yes, I'm aware he could kick my ass. I'm just saying. Wow. Lost against William Knight on the Contender Series. Somehow gets another fight in the UFC. Loses that. Wins two. Loses three in a row. And another two. So he's... He's four and four in the UFC, I think. All right. I guess it's not terrible, but it's a it's a five hundred record. Yeah. All right, so I guess we're we're split on that. I still I'm like agree to disagree. I don't think it it could headline an Apex card, um. But it's I guess he's not that far off. It's still a very fun fight. That like if this were a regular pay per view that's not three hundred, um, I could see this being the opener. Yeah. Because he already did it. I think the the Val Woodburn fight was like the pay-per-view opener. One of them was his last fight. Right. But the one we alluded to earlier, Calvin Cater versus Aljamain Sterling, that's for sure. That's a fight night outside of the Apex headliner. Yeah. Yeah. Or or like a co-main on a pay-per-view with only one title fight. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I'm excited to see Aljo at 45. See how he stacks up to the bigger guys um me too because speaking of stacks up i wonder their stats so he's built at 57 on typology with a 71 inch reach damn caters 511 i was just going to say i think he's yeah, yeah 511 with a 72 inch reach okay but he's 35 well aljo's no spring chicken either He's 34. He's, yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to see this. So so it just occurred to me, this is a three-round fight. Because like when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, I almost wish we had five rounds. But then I was like, no, I kind of want to see how Aljo does it f- at three rounds. Because yeah. the last time he was scheduled for three rounds, I think, was against Corey Sanhagen. <laughs> so, yeah, he beat Corey Sanhagen. Then he fought Piotr Jan, won the title by DQ, won it again. Then the title events against TJ, then Cejudo, and then he lost against O'Malley. But that's the Sanhagen fight was in 2020, June. So by the time this happens, it'll be almost exactly four years since he's been scheduled for a three-round fight. Wow. That's kind of exciting. That is, yeah. Because not that he's had like cardio issues, but he doesn't have to pace himself. Yeah, so he's going to go in there and be able to push the pace for 15 minutes pretty, pretty easily. But then again, I've never seen Cater fade either, and he's been scheduled yeah. for five rounds multiple times. And he's got really good hands. Really good hands. So let's see how he stacks up getting hit. <laughs> Andy <laughs> Foster looks like such a fucking thumb, dude. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, Cater's a big boy for 45. Uh, he really is. 
I'm curious to know like who's had more headliners because he headlined against uh, the Arnold Island fight was a headliner, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think so. I thought it was. Yep. It was. I think the Josh Emmett fight was also. I think that, yeah, I think so also. The Giga one definitely was. So was the Max Holloway. I don't think the Dan Ige fight was. But that's just, that's his last four fights. He's He's been at the top of the bill. All right. So you got two guys that have headlined quite a few in a row coming in at three rounds. Yeah, that's that's going to be a really good fight. That just got me even more excited. Yeah. Now, like I said, we don't have to give our picks for these yet. We're going to reserve that for when the card comes. Although I do think when, um, when, when the card comes, we should do like the whole card. Yeah. Um, but like Calvin Cater, this is a really tough matchup for him. Yeah. Do you think Aljo can get it done? I do. I think uh, he can too, but I it, I'm not like willing to put money on it. I'm yeah, like, he I, could I think, win. I think the height discrepancy is going to actually work in Sterling's favor because the way for Sterling to win this fight is to wrestle and grapple. Uh, because Cater is a, a better striker than he is grappler. And Sterling being the shorter guy, he can change levels and get underneath the taller guy easier. Uh so I, I think he can, whether he will, obviously a different story, but yeah. I think he can. And I'm excited to see how his body performs without cutting as much weight. Yeah, me too. And I think it, it, I'm curious to know, there must be like a prop bet out there somewhere. How soon into the fight does Aljamain shoot for a takedown? Uh, eight like, seconds. Eight seconds. Just glove touch. Okay. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited for that fight. I almost wish it was a headliner, but like I said, the 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 three round nature of it is going to be super exciting. Yeah, and it's weird. Calvin um, Moicano was on the show talking about these fights, and he was talking about how he fought Calvin Cater. I'm pretty sure I was at that card. We both were, right? It was two twenty three. Trying to remember when did oh, he fight yeah. Moicano? Yeah, two twenty three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because you you were at that card. I didn't make that up, right? Yep. Yeah. Because that was I supposed rem- to be Khabib versus Tony, but that's when Tony Bro. tore shit. And oh that was God. that was when Connor threw the dolly through the bus, right? Yep. That was yep. that whole thing. Yep. That week is the or like forty eight hours. Yeah, it was like chaos. The craziest fucking forty eight hours in UFC history. Yeah. Because Max was gonna step in. Yep. I remember people were talking about him being poisoned. Yeah, had that fucking all-time uh press conference. Yeah. Yeah, the press conference, him hitting pads looking like he was going through water. Yeah. That yep. That's wild. I remember that like it was yesterday, dude. I remember being at this card cuz I remember you know how like on all the cut men they have Boston strong. Yeah. I was sitting next to a guy from the Massachusetts area and he came, I think Joe Lozon was on this card or like some of Joe Lozon's guys. I know Bokniak was, was fighting Zabit on this card because I went fucking nuts for that fight. That fight was incredible. 
Um, but uh, he was cheering on any Massachusetts guy. And he was like, he was one of those times like, I don't like talking to people at fights usually, but like, he was a really nice guy, but he was almost too nice where I was like, bro, shut the fuck up. We're, just, we're watching fights. And he was just like, <laughs> oh, I see Boston on the thing. Do you think he's from Boston? And I was like, shut up. Uh, but, uh, it was, it was such an incredible time. Wow. Good memories. Yeah. Good card. (laughs) I kind of see, I, um, I've now resigned myself to the fact that like, I don't, I like watching fights at home better. Yeah. Um, but if I I had the opportunity to fight like sit or sit cage side, I would absolutely take it. Yeah. I just can't go out in public anymore. I just, I cannot take the way people act. Oh, in public a thousand anymore. percent. I don't know if it's just me finally growing into being an adult. Like I watch other adults and the way they act in public and it drives me fucking crazy. It's like anytime I go anywhere, or do anything like I get in an altercation because I cannot just let people be assholes and shut the fuck up. Like I need to tell someone that they're being an asshole. Like I can't go to the movies anymore because <laughs> anyone does is sit on their fucking phone and talk and it ruins my fucking experience and like i'm gonna tell you to shut the fuck up because i paid to watch a movie not hear you complain about shit and being on the phone thing at the movie theater is wild to me i don't get it i i see for me a movie theater is like you are this is the two hours or however long the movie is this is the time for you to be shut off from the world you're locked yeah. into this experience. And like, I understand people like I sometimes if I'm with a date or with friends or whatever, I might whisper something like, oh, my God, look at that. But for the most part, no talking, no talking. So like the talking, I kind of get. But when they're loud, it's like, shut the fuck up. The phone thing. I'm like, you paid to watch like you're here. Yeah, this big experience. And like you have that glowing light. And it's like. Yeah. And, and the people don't even like lower the brightness. They'll just keep it on full brightness and like. I can't not say anything. I have to say something because you're ruining my experience that I paid for. So I'm going to try to minimize that. Uh, There was a time recently where we went to the movies and my, the guy sitting next to my dad, my dad, he can be confrontational, but as he's gotten older, he's gotten less. Um, So the guy that was sitting next to him was like texting somebody. And my dad was like, all right, maybe the house is on fire. Like, sure, send a text and then put it away. No problem. And then he took it out again to respond to the text again. And then he saw him check the ESPN app. And my dad said to him, are you not enjoying the fucking movie? And the guy goes, what? And he's like, you're checking the the scores of the game during the movie. It's distracting. Put your fucking phone away. Yeah. Like, so I can't do that. Like going to sporting events, people just act like fucking animals. Like I just, I I can't do it anymore. Cause like, (laughs) I know how to fight, but other people don't know that I know how to fight because I don't have cauliflower ear. So I don't look like I know how to fight. So I'll, I'll fucking tell you that you're being an asshole. And then like, cause I'm not afraid of fighting cause I know I can hurt you. So like, it's just not good for me to be in public. I'm laughing because we alluded to it last episode when you saw, when you talk about you were sparring somebody and then the, that, that little fucking new kid or whatever. And then you started sparring yeah. Frank and I was like, Oh my God, Frank must've fucked him up. Remember when we saw Frank at the Hulu theater? Yes. 
you were so drunk. Yes. And he said, be like, what? But he said, yeah, they black like animals at sporting events. It just reminded him. Right. And, and that's what I'm, and that's why I was saying, like, I don't know if it's just me becoming an adult because I'm sure there were people that were like 30 saying, like, look at this 22 year old piece of shit, knows nothing about the world, doesn't give a fuck how people around him perceive him. Like taking yeah. a shirt off at a venue and screaming that Frank is going to beat someone's ass and then eat their ass. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. It definitely is a sign of like we're getting older because you're right. Yeah. Even yeah. at the time, I was like, oh, good for him. And now I'm like, why the fuck did he do that? Yeah. <sighs> good times. Good times. I'm like crying from laughing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, my my sister the other day, she's like, "Hey, I have an extra ticket to see the the uh the new Mean Girls movie. Do you want to come with me?" And she knows mm -hmm. my thoughts on movie theaters, so she prefaced it with, "There's only two other tickets sold in the entire theater, so it'll be me, you, and two other people." And I went, "Nope," because those two people are going to be talking and on their phone, and I don't want to deal with it. Like, no matter how few people are in the movie theater, if even it's if me they're spread out. If it's me and one other person in the theater, that other person will answer a phone call in the theater. Like it's a 100% success rate, except opening night of a Marvel movie. Everyone is there to watch the movie. It's the opening day. Even when the theater's packed, people keep their phone away. People shut the fuck up and enjoy the movie. Other than that, it is 100% success rate that I will yell at someone in a movie theater. Yeah. Um, the Marvel one is funny though, because like at the end, you'll see all the phones light up because people are going to try to figure out if there's a post credit scene or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I kind of even like fun because I used to be Kate and I because we were like, oh, I kind of want to leave, but like there's probably going to be a scene, so like, let's check, let's check Twitter, let's check the internet. Yeah, yeah, yep, fucking a. Um, okay, so Tapology must not have the bow order right because we were talking about that with Holly Holm and Kelly Harrison. Right. They thought they were going to headline. They have right after uh, Calvin Cater, uh, Aljamain Sterling, they have the strawweight title fight between Zhang Weili and Yan Shonan as the main card opener. That just can't be right. Yeah. Which is wild that like you have it so low and you have a th two three-round fights that are probably number one contender fights above it, and then yeah. you have the fucking fake-ass BMF title and then a rumored fight for the main event. That is a title fight, but whatever. Yeah, th yeah, they must not have it correct. But in the interest of just going in the order that we have it listed here, um, how excited for this fight are you? I mean, I'm not like over the moon about it. I, I love Zhang Weili. I I'm not a huge Yan Shaonan fan. Uh, you almost said fun. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Yan Shaonan. Fan, yeah. Uh, <laughs> eating flan while being a fan of Yan Shaonan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I understand like the significance of the two Chinese fighters, and I like Wiley Zhang or Zhang Weili, however you're supposed supposed to pronounce it. Um, yeah. yeah, I just I I would have rathered Wiley versus Alexa Grasso. 
Yeah, I, I think so too, especially for a card like this. I don't know why they didn't do it. Like you had both fighters on Twitter talking about it. Like, let's yeah. make this fight happen. I guess they have other plans for Alexa Grasso. Like, I don't know, but now I'm curious. Does she have anything on topology as like an announced fight? No, just the draw with Valentina. So what the fuck? I don't know. I'm with you. I am a I'm a Zhang Weili fan, and I'm fairly neutral on Yan Shonan. She's had some fun fights. Didn't she fight Carla? Did I make that up? No, I think she did. That sounds that yeah. Sounds right. She lost to Carla Esparza. That's right. Because I remember I was like, oh, that but uh, yeah, via finish. It was like one of the one of the only exciting fights that Carla Esparza's ever had. Yeah. Wow, it's wild. She she also lost to Marina Rodriguez, and she's way farther up on the card than her fighting for the title. Yeah. Wild. But she just beat Jessica Andrade, so that that puts her up. Uh, wow, almost a year. It'll be almost a year by the time they fight. It'll be eleven months. Wow. So yeah, I guess I don't understand why she's fighting for the title then. I mean, I can't really think of who else at 115 is deserving other than Tatiana, and she's obviously injured. Yeah. But I'm curious, do they have that as like a as a canceled fight? No. Yeah. They just have the Amanda Lemos fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no question. I think now now we're getting to the main card. Every one of these could headline not only an Apex card, but like a, a fight out on the road, if not a pay-per-view for the title fight. Right. Um, but in terms of your excitement level, I guess we're kind of at like a five out of ten, just sort of like mid. For Wiley Yan? Yeah. Yeah. Now, conversely, the next fight, Charles Oliveira versus uh, Armand Sarukian. I'm at like a nine for that. Yeah, I don't I don't find Armin Sarukian to be all that interesting or like exciting. Um well, his interview on Ariel show was insane. I skipped over it. Uh <laughs> you didn't hear him say about how he wishes he killed Bobby Green or I'm probably exaggerating that that's definitely not what he said, but he was like it was talking about he was talking about the Jalen Turner thing because Ariel was asking like basically every fighter like oh late stoppage on that how do you feel about it he's like I thought it was a perfectly fine stoppage I thought it should have gone more Bobby Green deserves to be fucking whatever like he really hates Bobby Green and oh, it's just wow. because he said he sucks like yeah he's a fucking baby yeah I yeah, I'm I <clears throat> I don't love watching the guy fight uh but I I love watching Charles fight so like in that sense I'm excited for the fight. But if Armin does what Armin does and just kind of takes Charles down and avoids submissions for 15 minutes, I'm going to be like, shit. I don't know if that's entirely fair because I think when he does wrestle, it's exciting. Um, he's not like a lay and pray, and, but he's also a pretty decent striker. Yeah, well, I hope he decides to keep it standing and strike with Charles and let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really want to see. I honestly, I want to see Charles wrap him up. But for this is like for me, I'll I'll be happy with whatever outcome because 
it's clearly to me it's like a number one contenders fight and I want to see Charles get another crack at Islam, but I really want to see the rematch between Armand and Islam because of how amazing that first fight was. Yeah, I Armin like... did Armin did way better against Islam than Charles did. Way better. Yeah. I mean, they both evolved since then, but yeah, right. way, way better indeed. Um, to the point where like I think it was a split decision, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it was just me that I was like, I don't know who won that. But like this was back in Oh, unanimous. But I think it I think it was um I think Tapology actually says I think it was like 29-27. It wasn't like um well it says Herb Dean was the ref. Oh, they didn't get the fight of the night bonus. Interesting. No, it doesn't say the decision, the scorecard. I thought yeah, I think he won. I think he stole around. Okay. But that was pretty much his lone loss in the UFC, except for Mataj Gamera, which I think we talked about this. I don't think he lost that fight. Yeah, I don't. I don't really remember that fight. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a split decision, and I think the one judge that scored it for him got it right because I did not think Mataj won that fight. It was very close, but I had a three-two for Armand. Yeah, I love. I love this fight. I love everything about it. But I'm also really excited for the next one, Yuri Prohaska. AKA Igor Prokhayev versus Alexander Rakic. Yeah, I I love Yuri. Um I hate Alexander Rakic. I, I don't mind Alexander Rakic, but I love Yuri. Yeah. Um he's just so fucking interesting. He is. Uh and I really want to see him fight Jamal. Yes, dude. That fight I really want to see. Jamal. Jamal is a fucking idiot. Did you see that whole thing with like be humble? Did you see that whole interaction? No, you know what you know what I see whenever I see Jamal? I see Sandy dunking on him or talking shit. Like there was this thing where like someone like I, I think Michael Bisping had tweeted, like, oh, who are your five most annoying fighters or something? And she put or like or five most hated or something. And she put a put out a list that was just iconic. I'm gonna see if I can find it because um, she listed. I'm gonna try and find the, the list of names because she kind of gave them nicknames, and that it was very clear who four out of the five were. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah, Michael Missing says, "Who's your top five most annoying right now?" She goes, "Conor McGregor." Oh, I guess I didn't give them all nicknames except for only only one. But I thought Conor McGregor, Sean Strickland, Colby Cuckington, Hamburger Helper, and Dominic Cruz. Is Hamburger Helper supposed to be Jamal Hill? Yes. Because okay. I commented. I said, who is Hamburger Helper? She posts this fucking picture of him. <laughs> like, the worst picture of him I've ever seen. It was so funny. And then today... She was like, this is just a little take a moment to praise uh, fucking uh, Sandy Pants here. But like one of her most recent she's dunking on him for uh, having a little interaction with with Ben the Bane Davis. And she shares a fucking meme of Jesus. This is take memes personally and argue with strangers. But no, what was it? She was saying, oh, yeah, 
he was saying how he doesn't know the difference between lobbying and lobbying. Yeah. Because he's 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 sitting beefing with this one fan who is literally just some fucking rando. And Jamal says, bro, you're literally lobbying to do bitch ass shit. Crazy how brave and bold the internet has real life bitch made pussy. I know nobody in your life respects you. Then he says, you dick riding me on, on my shit, fruit boy. And that shit sound good. You will me and at, you will me and ask for a picture. That why you lobbying threats from a fake account. If you see me, try me. I'm all I'm going to say. Bro. So illiterate. So illiterate. So I'm I'm trying to find the interaction. It's it seems like he probably deleted it. Um that or it's just buried between so because he all he does all day is fucking fight yeah. with people on Twitter. One of my least favorite fighters, honestly. Just in terms of their like twit like Twitter presence and just like the way he talks shit. I just can't stand him. I don't think about it. Like when I think about annoying fighters, I'm like, oh yeah. Colby Covington, Henry Cejudo, fucking Sean Strickland, GDP. But then, like, looking at this list, I'm like, yeah, no, I agree. Jamal Hill, aka Hamburger Helper, terrible. Yeah, no, him and him and Ben Davis are going at it right now. But like, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, someone tweeted at Jamal and said, like, "Hey, please humble Alex for us." And Jamal was like, the fuck you doing up in my mentions telling me to be humble? Fuck you. And the guy was like, relax, champ. We're rooting for you. And he's like, oh, of course, you're going to start by talking shit. And then when I respond, you say you're rooting for me. And the guy was like, read my tweet again. I, <laughs> I want you to beat Alex. That was the whole point of my first tweet. And then he responded like, my bad, man. I just sent you an apology in the DM. Rage makes reading hard or something like that. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. I, mean, I just, I'm, I'm scrolling through. I literally, to find that tweet, I searched Sandy's tweets for Hamburger Helper. I found the fucking reason. Remember his terrible tattoo with the thumbs? No. He, Jamal Hill. Google a picture of Jamal Hill. Actually, I'm going to pull it up, see if they have it on topology. Since we're here. Because Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. Yes, you remember, you remember these tat these tattoos? Oh, yeah, yeah. They fucking look like the hamburger helper hands. Gotcha. <laughs> wow, rare pick of him looking shredded on topology. Yeah, he right. fucking does not look that way. I thought she was calling him that because he's gained a bunch of weight. But yeah, circling back to this fight. Rakic has been in some boring fights. He's clearly a good fighter. He's clearly a skilled fighter. Yeah. But he's not like an all-action fighter, like can't miss. But Yuri is. Like, there's no way this is not an exciting fight, in my opinion. Um, unless Alexander can just like take him down and hold him, but I don't think he's gonna do that to Yuri. Yeah. Next fight is what I'm the most excited for. I'm excited for it, but I'm also nervous. This fight because, gets my dick hard. Yeah. I just don't know why Max Holloway has to donate more brain cells just so they can have a fake title fight on UFC 300. 
32. Yeah, he just turned 32 in December. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he fucking rules. I love Max. Uh, Gaethje, I mean, he hits like... Gaethje might be the first guy to drop Max, but I don't think he's going to finish him. I think this is going to go all five rounds. This is going to be an all-timer. Like, in 25 years, when we're talking about the greatest fights of all time, Max versus Justin is going to be discussed. I hope you're right. I and really it, do think that. It's a valid It's a valid prediction. I, I get nervous. I do think he is going to finish Max. You think so? Uh, I do think so. I don't know. Like, I just remember Dustin Poirier lumping him up in that, that fight they had back in the day when Dustin came up or where Max came up to fight for the interim championship. Yeah. And that. I think, I think people forget that that fight was three to two. It was. I, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like egregious, but it was clearly, it was a clear three rounds win for for Dustin Poirier. So so Max, Max Max did not look good coming out the other side. Yeah. No, he looked all fucked up. Um, but yeah, I just, and Gaethje hits fucking hard. Yeah. I don't Case know. Point, just knocked out Dustin Poirier. It was a head yeah. kick, but I don't know who's going to win this fight. Like I'm not like a lot of Twitter is like, Max, please don't do this. Like you're not, you have no shot. That's crazy to me to say that Max has no shot in a fist fight against someone his own size. I'll, I'll agree with that. Like, I mean, to that point, let's compare the the stats like we did with uh, Cater and um, Sterling. We've got Max Holloway, 5'11", 69-inch reach. And we've got Justin Gaethje, 5'11", 70-inch reach. Wow. Yeah, they're about identical. Gaethje obviously hits harder. But... To think that Max Holloway stands no chance in a fist fight is crazy to me. I I think so too. It's not. I just think like they're gonna go to war and Gaethje's gonna catch him. Um, but to say that Max has no chances is insane. I agree. Yeah, I like I I don't know if I can make a pick on who I think is going to win. Um, but it, I would not be shocked in the least if Max pulled it off. Like I'm. I am no way counting Max out of this fight. And I think if you do, you're crazy. Yeah. All right. So we're finally at the main event. Rumored. Rumored. I was going to say rumored main event. Um, On typology, it says unconfirmed rumor. Now, I have heard this. Um, I think it's there's the rumor that that's what they're leaning toward. I think Ariel has alluded to it on his show a couple of times. So I, I've obviously heard these rumors also, but like, if they weren't working, what I say on... for for the for the non patrons, it's Leon versus Bilal, right? So I mean, I've heard these also, but here's my thing: if if this was the like the the rumor and what they're leaning towards, why is this not booked? already and why is this not announced this isn't like some world changing fight and on the flip side of that why is connor versus chandler not officially announced if all the, if all four of these guys are healthy if leon Bilal, connor and and chandler are all healthy why have their fights not been announced yet 
Yeah. Why have they not been confirmed? Makes so, no sense. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Connor is going to be the, the main event for 300. I think that's about to be announced. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Connor versus Leon for the 170 belt. That would make everyone go, wow. Like, whether it's good wow or like, wow, what the fuck? Connor hasn't won a fight in the UFC in six years. Uh, but I just, I, I can't see Dana talking up how wow factor the main event is going to be and then giving us Bilal Muhammad. I just don't see that happening. So I'm thinking it's going to be Connor across from somebody, whether it's Leon, whether it's Chandler, whether it's Nate Diaz, or here's where my fingers are crossing and where my hairs are spinning. Yesterday, Dana White was pictured having a meeting with Dave Feldman. I saw that shit. I was like, what the fuck, man? Conor McGregor, Mike Perry. Mike Perry! Bare knuckle boxing inside the UFC octagon. UFC 300 main event. What are we thinking? What are we feeling? <laughs> what are we Dude, feeling? If that happens, I'm putting it on my calendar. Because right? like, I have a lot of said, like obligations with theater and things like that. So I, a lot of, I, I miss all these cards, but like Masha and I, we share calendars now. So we can kind of keep up with each other's schedule and make sure that we're available on the right days. I'm putting that fight on the calendar to say, well, I'm not missing this fight. I don't care what else is going on. Yeah. I'm already thinking about doing this, but if that happens, I'm throwing a fucking rager at my house. I'm buying. And I'll be there for the first time ever. I'm going to pack out this basement. We're going to fucking go crazy. We're going to have like, a fucking raffle. Like we're going to do some crazy shit at this part. But if they give me Bilal Muhammad, I'm no, not doing that. Um, yeah. Maybe still throw a party, not as big, and you'll stream it. Yeah. Right. Um, so we may have to like, all right, guys, let me refresh the page. Like, right. give me a minute. yeah, no, that, that picture with Dave Feldman, what the fuck was that? About? Yeah. What the fuck is that? What is that? I uh that I didn't even think about that. I, I saw it as like okay, two businessmen talking business, whatever, but I didn't even think about what implications it could have. Can you imagine like Dana says main event is going to be wow factor, right? What is more wow than Connor bare knuckle boxing in the UFC octagon? Nothing. Give me, give me one fight they could announce that would get you more excited than that one. There, there isn't. Yeah. Like uh, that's that's the wow factor that they could pull off for UFC 300. And then, do you think everyone would still complain that UFC 300 sucks, or would that satisfy no. the expectations for UFC 300? That would definitely satisfy. Although there is this, and I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about how like they're fucking themselves by trying to stack this card there's that saudi arabia card that's coming up later in the year that was supposed to be in march and they pushed it and dana was like oh we want to do a good job they could be talking about something like that for that card maybe 
That's a good idea too. But I just man, can't. I, I I feel like I I that picture got my hopes up so high that when they eventually do announce Leon versus Bilal, I'm gonna be a <laughs> really like really upset. Yeah, dude. If they if they announce so like even if with what you just played into my head, even if they do some sort of crossover, we're like. I don't know. Even if they get like fucking Tom Aspinall to go in there and bare knuckle box Ben Rothwell or whatever the fuck, that actually would be interesting. Yeah. But it does like it's so it's so far pales in comparison to Connor versus Mike Perry that yeah. like I cannot I cannot take anything else at this point. Yeah. Now, sorry, Catfish, for suggesting that Mike Perry headlining USC 300 would be the greatest thing <laughs> in the world. But we did make you the intro for this episode. Uh, we did like, make it the intro for this episode. Bro. I just thought of like a realistic thing of what it probably is. And now I'm kind of upset, but I have to share it. Okay. He was probably negotiating a fight pass deal. Probably. He was probably negotiating a fight pass deal for for BKFC, but can you imagine? Ah, now, now I'm almost mad that you told me that you that you had that theory because if it's not that, I would be so fucking disappointed. Yeah, yeah, that, that I I bet you Dana doesn't even realize how much that got everyone's wheels spinning. Fuck like it. People- the title for this episode, and and sometimes I say this, and then it ends up being something else, or I'll do it with like. I'm telling you, there's no other title this could possibly be. The title for this episode is Conor McGregor versus Mike Perry, UFC 300. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it. Am I doing that so that we can get some extra downloads? Yeah. I don't care. I'm a whore. But that's... So so here's a, a more realistic question. If they were to have Conor versus Nate 3 headline, how would you feel about that? Um, I I would feel I would w- be more interested in that than him versus Chandler. Me too. Um, but less interested in him versus Mike Perry in a BK in a bare knuckle fight. I right. guess if it, if it's MMA, like if it's if it's still versus Mike Perry, but it's MMA, I'm more interested in the Nate trilogy. But BKFC, there's something about it. Yeah, there's some intangible, and it's like Mike Perry's like domain now. Yeah. And they had that face off, like, no, but yeah, I, I, w- I would still like that to me is the one that like has to happen. They have to complete the trilogy on that fight. Yeah, and and I've seen like Nate kind of hint at it. Um, I've seen I've seen a lot of people hint at USC three hundred, so I feel like they're just throwing shit at the walls at this point and seeing what sticks. I've seen Izzy kind of hint at it. Pereira, yeah, I hate Pere- however you pronounce it. Uh, Pereira, Pereira. He he hinted at it. Connor hinted at it. So like, uh, who knows what actually is gonna is gonna happen? But I could probably name fifteen fights I'd rather see headline it than Leon versus Bilal. Yeah, I agree. It's like how many divisions are there? <laughs> like yeah, any other uh, title fight? Yeah, pretty much any other title fight from any other division I'd rather see than that. Yeah, but also like the talk of Nate doing it. They also just announced Nate Diaz is boxing Jorge Masvidal. They did announce that. Yeah. I didn't see that. And I think it was announced for April. 
Oh, well, then that's that's it. So, like, yeah, it's, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I just, I want the announcement because it's, it's right around the corner. It's two months away. It's February now. Like, main events are usually announced by now. You're right. It's it's pretty it's pretty fun. I think on UFC.com they have the headliner as uh the BMF. Oh really? Yeah, we're on Tapology. Right. I was like to, I feel like Tapology is the most accurate because the UFC website fucking sucks. It does. But let me just see if I pull up UFC.com. Oh, we'll get to this card in uh, about an hour or so. But here's the lineup. Oh, come on. Vittori versus Allen. Oh, they have it as TBD versus TBD. And they're showing a picture of Zhang Weili and Yan Shonan. That is way worse than I thought. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I just want them to announce it already. I mean, fuck. Yeah. Well, how bad is the website? You see this? Vittori versus Allen, and the picture is right above it. Yeah, it should be right shit. here. Yeah, it's dog shit. Yeah, this DLC website is dog shit. That's exactly why. I didn't know Brady versus Luke was a headliner. That's an AC. It was. Uh, Sean Brady just announced yesterday that he never signed the contract and he can't fight. So. Oh, come on. I hate yeah. when they do that shit. Yeah, same thing. Did you see the whole Dustin Poirier debacle oh, yesterday? I was going to talk about that. That was you. Was that ever was when they originally announced it? Because I remember the announcement. Was that UFC three hundred or was it always two ninety nine? I think it was always two ninety nine. Okay, because I did see. I did. I I just I only saw the tweet from Dustin clearing it up, saying it's finished. But I, so I I missed the part where people were freaking out. I yeah. just I just saw like just got to phone with my manager. We're all cleared up. I'll see you in Miami in March or whatever. Yeah, he uh, apparently he used that as like a bargaining tool. Because like the UFC wasn't budging on what he wanted, but he never actually signed the contract. So he announced that he didn't sign the contract. And then like mm. an hour later, he's like, never mind, got in contact with my manager. Like, we're all good. Yeah, no, he he did that to, to bargain with the UFC and it worked. King shit. But this this already this card, now that we're kind of done with UFC 300, just even look at the main card. Like yeah, Yan versus Yadong. I'll get up for Yadong any day. Mm. Gilbert Burns versus JDM. Kevin Hall versus MVP. Love Dustin Poirier versus BSD. Everyone has fucking three initials. The O'Malley and Cheeto fight. I was thinking about did you did you hear Co uh, Corey Sanhagen on Aerial Show doing a breakdown yes. of it? The way he broke it down, I was like, wow, that that's gonna be His such a weird fight. His one quote where it was like, there's two aspects to fighting. There's beauty and there's drama. And it's a lot more difficult for people to understand drama than it is to understand beauty. And Vice like, versa. Or whatever he said. Yeah. Top 10 fighter quotes. I, I love that. Quote. Great quote. Yeah. And he, he even, even he said, he didn't even say fighting. He said sports. Mm -hmm. And like that, I think it way more applies to fighting, but it's true about like, Things like that, like 
I don't understand the fucking beauty of football or whatever. I understand the beauty of fighting, and I also right. understand the drama of it, and that's why I'm here for both. But right. um, that was such a fucking fire quote from him. Yeah, loved it. Uh, but this is this is a fucking amazing card. We'll get there when we get there. But uh, that's UFC 300, folks. What do you think of the card? Like, just how it is right now, without a main event... For, forget this fucking rumor. Do we are we giving it an A at least? Like maybe not an A plus, but is it like yeah. A minus? Yeah. I'm giving it like an A minus right now. Yeah, I agree. Um fucking A. Well, shall we take a break and then get into the forum? Let's do it. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, the forum starts now. We have a couple of voicemails from the homie Catfish, as always. And we have another one from an old friend. So very excited to get into. Okay. Here is the... Well, we got two from Catfish. So here we go. Wow. Wow. Lots of impact there. I love Drew Dober too, dude. Giga Chad. <laughs> he is. He really is. He's Lego got the fucking face. jawline just from a fucking... But also, like, I've also seen people... There's. I've seen it spun the other way. I've seen people say, like, oh, it's like, you know, Adonis, small, like, statuesque. And then I've also seen people say he looks like a Lego. Like, he's got a very square head. Did you see the comparison 
like the side by side photo from his first UFC fight to this UFC fight? No. Uh, I saw like people say his transformation needs to be studied because I think he now did he used to fight at 170? I don't think so. So he definitely got plastic surgery then. Ah, interesting. Yeah, he definitely got some work done on his jawline. Which is fine, but like... Now I'm curious. Whoa. Drew Dober posted this picture on his way to weigh-ins today. Oh, that's super sucked Look how in. Sucked in he looks. Wow. <clears throat> Let's see, did he fight at 170? Why why did I'm he have such chubby out. cheeks? I don't think so. So Cause... his his first UFC fight was at 170. Really? He did have a couple... Oh, yeah. Sean Spencer. Did have a couple 170 fights before the UFC. But yeah, Sean Spencer was a welterweight bout. That's probably it then. He probably just is cutting more weight now. Yeah, that could, that could be it. Because I see what you're saying. It does look like he's got way more defined cheekbones, jawline, yeah. everything. <laughs> That's wild. Wild. Um, as always, I feel like Catfish's voicemails were, would like throw everything out there and then it's like, wow, there's a lot to unpack. And I'm like, wait a minute, just sort of like shared his thoughts on a few things. So I don't know if there's anything we need to really respond to, but uh, great stuff there. Um, yeah, I want to respond to the Mike Perry stuff. Oh, okay. I would, that's right. I wanted to add when he said there's instant with his coaches, I thought it was him. So his first fight in the UFC, Mike Perry's, was like uh, I forget the guy's name. I want to say Hung Yu Lim or whatever. It was a it was a Chinese guy, uh, or he was Asian. I thought. Well, I say Chinese because I'm pretty sure Mike Perry called him the Chinaman or something. Um, now I'm like questioning who it actually was and what their origin was. But um, he was kind of like made some comments about him. And like at the time, I was like, oh, he's just being kind of ridiculous. But now I'm like, no, that was fucking racist. Yeah, Hyun Gyu Lim, I'm correct. So that sounds Korean to me, actually. Um, yeah, he's Korean. Um, Hyun Gyu Lim, that was who Mike Perry fought, but I think he called him Chinese or something. I want to say it was, it's, but I didn't know anything about his coaches. So here's what I want to say. <laughs> and I, and I made this point about uh sean strickland a while ago also that i think people that i think people do have the ability to change i do think people have the ability to become better people and realize uh their wrongdoings um obviously some people do certain things that could damn you for life um but like when I talked about Sean Strickland, like he was once a neo-Nazi and now his best friend is a black guy. He says some terrible things, but he's trending in the right direction from neo-Nazism to where he is now. Uh, he's like, it's a slight 
slight up. What a low bar. It's a very low bar, but <laughs> he's trending in the right direction. And I can. It says get... women belong in the kitchen, but it's not a Nazi anymore. Right, exactly. Um, and Mike Perry did some bad things, uh, you know, with, with his wife and, you know, a couple of racist incidents. Um, but now he kind of just keeps to himself, hangs with his kids and fights to earn money to support his family. And I would say, I think fatherhood changed him for the yeah, better. Yeah. Right. And, but I'm, now, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not yeah, I'm like to me, he could fuck up at any point. And it wouldn't surprise me. Right. Yeah. That, that doesn't negate his past instances, but let's not forget that Mike Tyson is a convicted rapist, uh, spent time in prison for a rape that he committed. And now everyone's like, oh, it's just, that's Mike Tyson. He likes to smoke weed and chill. Like people can get, can be better people. People can make mistakes and then become better people. Um, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes and I try to learn from them and become better people. And uh, I get, I totally get the whole, you beat your wife, you're dead to me forever. I get that. Um, and I'm not excusing that behavior, but I do think we need to acknowledge when people change for the better is, is how I'll word it. I think, I, I think that's a fair stance. Um, yeah, I kind of, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a little bit in the middle. I'm closer to your end, definitely for sure. But I'm sort of in, somewhere in between you and catfish. Well, much closer. Cause he's like, oh, fuck him for life. Um, and I, I, like I said, I love that energy. Um, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. Yeah. Which is fair. Also, I, I get, I get where you look at him and go like, ah, he's, you know, he's like a nice family guy that just loves his kids now, but like, and loves violence. He punched his girlfriend in the face. Like what the fuck? Well, that's like, I don't know if you ever read like her account of it and like her, like I saw a video of her telling a story on MMA junkie radio harrowing and it was more than just like oh he hit her a couple times it was like multiple incidents and it was like he held her down and and like if we're, if it was a fight it would be like ground and pound like he you know and then like she ran to his mom's house for safety and he was like at one point he drove over there and I want to say he was like threatening to drive the car through the house or something it was bad it was really it was yeah. like one of the most fucked up things I've re reading yeah. Um, but that said, if it's time to fight Conor McGregor, you see three hundred bare knuckle. I'm in. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Obviously. All right. Thank you, Catfish. He's got another one, and I'm really excited to play the next one. a lot of times I call with the fire, the hot takes, and uh, not really a question, but this week I actually have a question for you. Oh. Sage Northcutt, uh, he pulled out of that fight an hour before the fight because his coaches didn't have work visas and were getting deported. Now, I'm sorry, but that's a fucking bullshit bitch move. I know that, of course, it's not as good for him and it's not helpful for winning the fight. Fucking duh. But like, haven't you trained the whole time? Or has been folks recently called it? Isn't the hate already in the motherfucking barn? What in the fuck, man? 
Now, I want to call him a bitch because it's a bitch move, but at the same time, guy came in as the appointed pretty boy, roided out motherfucker in the UFC with blonde hair that everybody loved, leaves the UFC, got the ever-living shit broke out of his fucking face in his very first fight outside of the UFC and came back in his bill fucking fighting. So... Despite the fact that we all give him a hard time for looking like he's taking every fucking steroid on the face of the planet and looking like a fucking pretty blonde fucking shoot like Homelander from fucking The Boys, um, at the same time, he clearly actually has some fucking big-ass balls because most people, if they got their face broke like that, would go full Ronda Rousey, cover their face up with a pillow, and never fucking fight again. Or if they did, they would lose right away. Um, so... I would like you guys to participate on that. Is he a bitch or is he not a bitch? Uh, I think we can all agree this is a bitch move, no matter what. Like, and I, I get it. Like, I'm not a fighter. But, like, man, like, you train this whole time. You've got to just fucking soldier on, and you should want to go in there and win the fight, even if it's not fucking perfect because you don't have your coaches. Uh, but especially with, like, T-Croft to win on that aspect. T-Croft, if it was you, what would you do? Oh, F-M-P. Uh, for life, I don't care for Black History Month. I am not celebrating 1% motherfucking Mike Perry. <laughs> oh, shit. I was not expecting that. Speaking of that, did you see uh, Johnny Walker? No. You didn't see this. So yesterday, he puts, oh, I just got my 23andMe results back. And I don't know, he was like 12% African or something. The first response said, like, what's good, my N-word? And then Johnny Walker responded, my N-word, like, it's all love. Like, he said it. Like, he wasted no time saying it. You didn't see that? No. <laughs> That's, I'm so disappointed, Johnny. Dude, it's it, like, it really made me laugh. Oh, and I got I to gotta find it. Yeah, so my genetic test came back, and this is what I am: twenty-two percent African, seventy-two point six percent European, three point six percent Indigenous American, point seven percent Western Asian. Uh, Asian. Got his profile picture on Twitter, looking like a V as an Afro. Is that backwards for you, or can you read that? No, I can read it. Yeah, it's it's perfectly fine. Yeah, is all blessed. Okay, great. Wasted no time saying the end. Wasted no time. And then, like, this clearly is an actual picture, but I don't know, like, look at this fucking afro in his profile yeah. picture. And then look at Ben Davis's response. <laughs> um, just Connor looking up, like, what? Like, huh? That's and so funny. Saying, the hood claims you, Johnny. Jesus Christ. Uh, oh my God. Did you see this one? Oh my lord! He clearly didn't have enough for very long, but like, what a legend, dude! That's yo. hilarious. That's fucked oh, up. Oh, it's wild. I am proud to be all of those nations. It's <laughs> really fucking funny. Um, Jesus Christ! Sorry, what was he even talking about? I don't even remember what his question was because Sage one... Northcutt. Oh right, yeah. Did you hear about this? Because I, I I found it I about did. like yesterday, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. And then Shinya Aoki fought John Lineker. You didn't hear that part? 
That I did not hear. Yeah, John Lineker fought Shinya Aoki at 170 on one hour's notice. What a fucking legend John Lineker is. What, what yeah, happened? Did he, he get submitted? Submitted in the first round, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't want to say that Sage North, Northcutt is a bitch. Because, like he said, his first fight in the UFC, he went and fought Cosmo Alexander. Like, first fight out of the UFC. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. It was in, in one FC. Yeah, like went and fuck fucking Cosmo, which is one of the best strikers of all time. And ballsy move. But but this was a bitch move. Really stupid. Yeah. Um, because like you had to have known before that fight day that your coaches couldn't get into the, the country. Like this you had to have known this was a problem. Right. Um yeah, so that was really shitty. Uh, and he asked what I would do. I would have fought, uh, but I, I think it also really depends on like his contract. If it was like, uh, this is the last fight on my contract. If I lose, I'm out of a job. I don't really have a big name anymore. I need to kind of keep some relevancy. Um, but I really don't know what, what the case is. But with that being said, like like he pointed out, like, yeah, you've trained, you've went through the camp, like, you know what you're supposed to do. You should have already came up with a plan A, plan B, plan C in case these things happen. And obviously having your coaches there helps. But, like, yeah, I I, I would have fought personally. Um, I, I also, did you hear this part? I don't know if this is just, like, a rumor or whatever, but I heard that he was – in in attempt to like get him some help, someone was offering for or maybe maybe Gary himself offered, but he could have gotten cornered by Gary Tonin. Yeah, that that I did. So Which, I didn't if you're worried Tonin. about like Shinya's submission threat, Gary has grappled Shinya. Yeah. What's the problem? Yeah, I I didn't I didn't hear Gary's name specifically, um, but I did hear them mention like they had a world champion jujitsu guy on hand ready to corner you if 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 need be but i know gary was like he fought earlier on the card so he was he was uh, going he to was be around there. um so that that would make sense and gary is the type of guy that would do that uh i love gary tonin um yeah, yeah. stupid really shitty move um here's and- the only thing i'll say is like to his credit if i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt sage northcutt seems like a really loyal guy yeah like just super loyal and super like golden retriever energy. Yeah. And I feel like if that one went down, like it didn't occur to me, like you said, they had to have known about it. So I'm like, mm, okay, this is kind of like negate what I say a little bit, but right. it just feels like, cause, cause it said like they had to like leave the country. Like they had to like get out immediately. He probably yeah. like, well, I'm going with them. Like, I don't want to leave my guys behind or I don't want to be left behind or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's that- the thing. But overall, Especially like just looking looking on the outside of it, it's such a shitty move. And also, like, was this his first fight back from the jaw? I think. Let me check because that that was like pre pandemic that Cosmo fight, right? No, he had one in May of last year. Oh, okay, uh, that's right. Like, yeah, the Cosmo fight was May of two thousand nineteen. So yeah. Wow, that was. I'm looking at the date. It was two days before my wedding. So I got married in May of 2019. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. So, I mean, again, it also depends on how much money you make and how much money you have. If he's had one fight in the last five years, I mean, how much money could you have really made in that one fight where you can just choose to not fight again? I, I, that I really don't know or what he does for money outside of fighting. Um, I'm also just poor and I would fight Francis Ngannou on an hour's notice for what Sage makes. Um, so I'm not the best person to ask in that situation. Uh, but yeah, that was, it was shitty. I'm kind of with you, man. Like if, if someone gave me the, like, I'm, if I fight like anyone in the UFC for like six figures, if they're like, Oh yeah. Ask me like, I have a real, a bum knee. I have a bad neck. There's no way I'm making out of that in one piece, but I need the yeah. fucking money. I'm doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I... That's like when people were like, oh, Conor McGregor was so brave for going and boxing Floyd Mayweather. Like, I saw people say that he was brave. He made $100 million. <laughs> I would get in a time machine and fight prime Mike Tyson right now for $100 million, let alone you give me a full training camp and whatever I want to get ready for the fight. Like, get out of here, brave. Especially, especially... If that, because then you can put it in a bank account in your name and it can accrue interest. And then when you go back to your time, you're a fucking billionaire. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) let's, let's settle down on the bravery claims. All right. Yeah. I think now I understand like certain fighters in because they're, they're in his shoes, like not in his shoes, but they're in his industry. But like, no, because I remember what was it? It was, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Chris Eubank. The guy that comes in every show is like, this Conor McGregor is so prey. Or whatever. Like, he was like, he's got no, uh, he could get hurt. And that's a challenge. Or whatever he said. Like, yeah. I, I get that. But like anyone else saying it, like, no, that's not, you're right. That's $100 yeah. million. Dollars. Fuck yeah, off. Me, yeah. Wow. So yeah, Sage, in summary, Sage Northcutt is a bitch. Yeah. That actually reminds me. I, I don't know if you were if if you were around for this or you're on the card because Kate's brother Matt was supposed to fight a guy at some card in Queens and I yeah. went there. Yep. There was a Sarah Longo. Yeah. I remember there was a Sarah Longo guy on the card. It was Muay, Muay Thai fights. There was a Sarah Longo guy on the card. I he reminded me of Matt Frivola. It wasn't, but like he reminded me of Matt Frivola in build and like fighting style. And I thought he beat the, I don't know Muay Thai scoring at all, but like, I thought he beat the fuck out of the guy and they gave it to the other, his opponent. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Yeah. But Matt was supposed to fight a guy like that pulled out because of some like infection on his arm. I don't remember why he pulled out, but I remember there was like a weight issue. Yeah. Like they wanted to change the weight like a lot. Yeah. It was some weird thing. And then he was just like, he was there and looked fine. Mm-hmm. Remember, Matt was so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if I was Shinya, I would have been like, yeah, you're a bitch. Especially Shinya. Shinya's the guy that like fucking flip you off in the ring and yeah. everything. Because he did the same thing to fucking Sexy Yama. I love it. John Lineker. Wow, dude. That just shows you he's taking all the roids. Doesn't give a fuck. Okay. So thank you, Catfish, for for all the lovely questions. Thank you for our intro. And speaking of intros, this person's going to be familiar as well. Yeah, we know. Uh, you know me from um, 
hosting the show a long time ago, but I got a, I got a question for you. It's a three-parter. Um, how do you guys feel about Dustin's uh, kind of pivot on his fight being on, then off, then back on, which I'm uh, loving a lot of, and I'm sure you guys are too. Uh, and then the second part of the question is, how big do you think Vince McMahon's dumps are? And the third part of the question is, was Dana White there recording this? And could he be a part of the lawsuit? You know? Makes you wonder. All right. Keep on keeping on, guys. <laughs> Bye. Oh, bro, I love Leo so much. <laughs> um, good man, Leo. Good man. That's so incredible. That was very, very good. There was a lot of talk of Vince McMahon at the open mic I was at last night. A lot of talk. Really? I love yeah, I love that. And I'm I telling just, you, the literally the only thing I heard about it was like, uh, my girl G was like, oh, so I guess Vince McMahon shitted on a bitch during a threesome or whatever. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what? I would let Vince McMahon shit on me for a million dollars. Let that one sit. Yeah, let that one shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess I would if it's below the neck. Well, no. <sighs> On my chest, he can. I don't want any. <laughs> I'm just trying to fucking justify. It. On my face? No, that that's not worth it for me. How how much for him to shit on your face? You get you don't His have entire net mouth. worth. It would have to be every cent he owns. Billions. I don't because I think dude like gets in your nose, money. in your mouth, and you're like, I, I I can't. I that's so fucking disgusting. I and I get crazy. like there's a lot of embarrassing things I would do for just a million, but getting shitted on is not one of them. By Vince McMahon. You could then write a book about it and then sell the book and double how much money you made. I yeah sure okay yeah. The funny Bring thing on about the shit Johnny boy. The funny thing about a million dollars. I could spend a million dollars by the end of the day. Yeah. Student loans, car, my house, my parents' house, and then a sandwich from Jersey Mike's. That's a million. <laughs> That's a million right there. But the giant one. Yeah, giant sub. Yeah, I'm. Tr I'm. Come on, I yeah. got a million dollars. I'm treating myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we kind of talked about the Dustin thing already. Um, I love when fighters use like public negotiations and they gain leverage like that, uh, and it works out for it's them. So good. So shout out to Dustin for making that work. Um, I have a feeling Vince McMahon's hoops aren't that big. <laughs> like he's a big guy. But he's also on a lot of steroids. So I don't really know if he eats a lot. And if he does, he definitely eats clean. Like he eats healthy because he's like a built guy. So I'm going to say that his dumps are like below average. I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I can't I'll just talk about fucking shit. Did you say fro? Yeah, I did. I like, I like saying I don't say that normally. But like for some reason it has an extra context if you say like I just froed up or I just I'm gonna fro up. Okay, because you you said it a few weeks ago on the show or maybe it was last week. I don't remember what we were talking about, 
but I was I I thought I heard you say it, and then I listened to, to it back in the car. I'm like, he did say fro. Like he said fro up, not throw. Like f r o w. Yeah, fro. Like okay. to and fro. I froed up. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you were doing that on purpose and not like you thought that was the phrase. Like fro. No, up, up. it's a, it's it comes from like it's this meme I saw once where there's this cat that's like. It's one of those like flat face cats, you know, that's just like got like the ugly face, but it's like so ugly. It's cute. Kind of. It's like the pug of cats. And like it's covered in vomit on its face, like stuck in the whiskers and everything. And the caption said, like, I just froze up. And for some reason, that was so funny to me. So I don't know why this just reminded me of this, but at the show on Saturday, when the show was over, this woman came up to me and she goes, hey. Have you heard of the comedian Nate Bargatze? And I said, yes. She goes, you know, he sells out arenas like Madison Square Garden. I go, yeah. She goes, and he he's totally clean. He doesn't say any bad words. He doesn't. So, like, anyone can do it. And I was like, Tom Segura sells out Madison Square Garden also. And then she gave me a heart that like a felt heart that she knitted. And she gave it to me and said, bless your heart. Uh, you should have just said, that's nice. What a fuck. Yeah. I should have just said, fuck off. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because I remember you talking about Nate Bragazzi a long time ago on the show uh-huh. when you were talking about like clean comedy or whatever. And when I I recently, um, my car was in a hit and run back in December, and I they just the body shop was like backed up. I couldn't bring it in until like a couple of weeks ago, and so I had this rental, and I had serious radio in the rental. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna fucking. And I stumbled on the Comedy Central channel, and they were playing Nate Bragazzi, and I was like, okay, it's not my thing. Yeah. Um. Is that all from Leo? Dude, I'm just, I'm so excited that Leo left a question. I'm so excited. I'm going to see him next week. Yeah, it's great. So I just want to throw out there that um, the show started as you guys. And the reason that I joined was because he was going on that cruise thing. Mm -hmm. And now that he's done with that, I would take no offense if you threw me off the show and wanted Leo back. I get it. I, I didn't. I felt like a temporary replacement while he was doing the the cruise thing. So I just want to throw that out there that if you felt the need to bring Leo back or you wanted to bring Leo back, I would feel no offense to allow that. The show started with you guys and I just wanted to throw that out there. No, honestly, dude, like I, I think we have such a good vibe now and I've gotten a lot of, um, a lot of compliments about you since since bringing you on awesome. so you're here to stay all right but leo also hasn't like he Open if he wanted to come on the show it could be the yeah. three of us yeah we could do that um anytime leo standing invitation all right i have an i have a question from the homie rhino and there's a great segue because of what you just said so Says, hey, T Cross and Juice, this is Big Homie Rhino from the Combat Sports Rhino podcast. 
just kidding. Uh, so since T-Cross has been honing his craft in the stand-up comedy world, I thought I'd ask a fun one. So picture this. All, all these comics are doing shows the same night, and you can only go to one. Who out of these choices are you choosing to go see do a one-hour set? Russell Peters, Dave Chappelle, Tom Segura, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, Joe Coy, Matt Reif, or Bobby Lee? So I fucking hate Matt Reif. I kind of like I when he first started the his clips started showing up on social media like he was getting a following. I like some of it. I was like I don't hate, but then he got annoying and like the shit I've heard recently. I'm like Matt Reif, no. He's had some really good crowd work clips. Like yes, he's very good at crowd work. Uh, I don't find his material funny. His crowd work is excellent. Now, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but before I had my Instagram deleted and opened my new one, Matt Reif blocked me on Instagram. Did I ever tell oh, you this story? It sounds familiar. You might have, but but refresh our memory just in case. So Matt Reif posted a picture with Dave Chappelle. And the caption was, two generations of canceled comedians. Now, a comedian referring to himself as canceled is fucking annoying. It's super cringe. It's annoying. It's cringe. Mind you, when he posted this picture, it was like one month after he announced a 60-city world arena tour <laughs> that was sold out in less than 24 hours. 60 cities, arenas. And then he says that he's canceled. That's just, it's annoying. Me and you have talked about cancel culture. Yeah. At the time, I didn't, I didn't really know much about Matt Rice's actual like material. I'd only seen crowd work. And my take on him was that he was, he was a good person. And the reason I thought that was because I remember seeing a clip that he was talking to a woman in the crowd and he had asked her, uh, what do you do for a living? And she said, um, I don't work. And he asked her, why not? And she said, well, I tried to kill myself a few months ago. So I'm on like a mental break. And then he took the microphone away and said, do you not want me to repeat that? Because he was talking to a woman in the front row. Do you not want me to repeat that? And then she said, no, it's fine. You can say whatever. And he was like, so... She's not working because she's struggling. She's having some, she's going through a tough time right now. And I'm like, that's something that a good person would do. Now, I don't know how much you know about comedy, but can you imagine someone saying that to Ari Shafir? Oh my God. Ari Shafir would have just, what Ari Shafir would have said, would have drove her to actually do it. Right. Matt, Matt Reif is not a bad person. I think he tries really hard to be a bad person, but he's not. And that's not a bad thing. Being a good person is a good thing, especially in comedy where a lot of people are cocksuckers. So for him to, so I just said like, can you stop referring to yourself as canceled? Like you're a good person and there's nothing wrong with that. And he blocked me for that comment. <laughs> uh, so fuck Matt Reif. Um, with that being said. Yeah, if I had, the, of the names he listed. Uh, it, it comes down to two for me. My my favorite comedian currently is Tom Segura. 
but I think Dave Chappelle is the greatest comic of all time. So it would come down to those two. But if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Chappelle. For me, it's Chappelle easy. I mean, Segura would be a close second. Um, uh, and probably, honestly, this is going to maybe sound like a wild card, but Bobby Lee might be a third. I fucking love Bobby Lee. Yeah, he's out of his mind, that guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I remember him. Did you Have you watched Bobby Lee's Hot Ones? No. If you If you like those, please watch it. it. He tells a story about like when he was a wrestler in high school. It's just so funny, dude. Yeah, he's wild. I love Bobby Lee so much. Yeah, me too. But yeah, it's uh, it's and like Kevin Hart. I I used to love Kevin Hart, but he's gotten so just I can't do it. Especially I, the we I didn't talk about this, but did you watch the Cat Williams uh, thing with Shannon Sharp? No, I didn't watch it yet. I watched. So the clip started coming up on on Twitter. I fucking love Cat Williams. I always have. Um, and I, I haven't like kept up with his work and I don't know like what, it, what, whatever. For some reason, I thought he fell off the face of the earth. Apparently he's successful still. I don't know. He just he had a special come out uh, last year, less than a year ago. Okay. I have to go watch it because I love, well, I have to get Netflix again and then I have to watch the special. Matt, no, sorry. Cat Williams went hard on the entire industry on his on Shannon Charles podcast. I watched the entirety of the two hour fucking podcast. He just fucking went in on everybody and it was insane. So I, I saw some clips of it and it sound it sounded more like whiny. Some of it was whiny, I'm not gonna lie. Like wah, I didn't get my way. Wah. And that's why this industry sucks. Wah. That's kind of the the gist I got from the couple clips I saw, but I do eventually want to go back and, and watch it. It's worth it. In my opinion, at least have it on while you're driving. Um, he, um, but I say that I, I watch it on YouTube, but there's not really a visual aspect that you need. Um, he does some funny stuff that you have to see, but like mostly it's just the, the, the conversation. Um, but, uh, a lot of it was him talking about Kevin Hart and how any like movie role that Kevin Hart has, he's been offered. I don't know that I believe it. What I'll say about the whiny part, I think he he's there have been other comedians that came on Shannon Sharp's show that talked shit on him that he felt like he had to set the record straight. At least according to him, I haven't heard those clips or whatever. Right. But um he yeah, he went hard on a few people. I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was never like a huge Cat Williams fan. Like I like his his comedy, but I, I was never like, oh, I fucking love Cat Williams. Um and he's had a lot of controversies. Like he's gotten arrested a bunch of times. He's got a bunch of DUIs, but he also seems like a really good person in certain aspects. He talks about that. Like he, ha- he's adopted like seven kids. He also, there's this one uh, singer. I forget what, what her name was. It starts with an M Melba, Melba, something um, like from the seventies or eighties, I think um, it was time for her to get a, a star on the walk of fame um, now um, you have to pay to get a star, which is insane. Right. You have to like donate money to the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce or whatever, and she couldn't afford it, so he put up the money for her star. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely done some some good things. And what I love about it is that a lot of the good things that he's done, you don't really know. So like he does it out of the goodness of his heart and not for publicity. Yeah. Um, but one thing, because he got a lot of backlash for this podcast, 
I've seen a like quite a few people that are like, I used to open for Cat Williams. Like I went on tour with Cat Williams like 10 years ago. And when I first went on tour, we made an agreement on what I would get paid. But what he actually paid me, like, because that was an on the books pay, he paid me 10 times what we agreed to in cash. Okay. I thought you were going a different direction with that. I'm so glad you said that. No, like I, I saw a bunch of people say like, I could afford a house because I opened for Cat Williams because he treated me so well when we agreed for far less, but he just would like, after every show, just give me like a duffel bag of cash. And I'm like, so is Cat Williams looking for an opener now? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Fucking great question. Thank you, Rhino. Definitely go check out his podcast. He's got UFC welterweight Preston Parsons on. Say that name again. I I, I coughed, so I missed it. UFC welterweight Preston Parsons. Nice. All right. So <clears throat> that's it for the forum. Wait, I didn't check if we got any last minute submissions on Twitter. Oh, uh, breaking news, by the way. I just saw this. Um, Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk is off. Shit, really? Tyson Fury's got a big old cut on his head. Now, is that an old picture? Is someone trolling, or did he post that? Ariel Hawani posted it. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's legit then. Fucking a. That fight's Shit. never gonna happen. Yeah, well, maybe he's waiting for the winner of uh, Nganu and uh, AJ. Yeah. Can you imagine if Francis Nganu does it, like shocks the world and actually beats AJ? I think he could. I don't think AJ is very good. I'm hoping. I'd actually love to get Rhino's take on that because Francis Nganu is his favorite fighter and he's a boxer. Fucking a man. All right, let's preview this card. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up these fights again. Was there nothing on Twitter? No, there was absolutely nothing on Twitter. Oh, okay. Now this is actually a much better card than I thought, at least for me. Um, first of all, my girl Molly is headlining the prelims. I fucking love Molly. Hey, Diana Belbita, fucking Andrew Tate sympathizing piece of shit. Oh fuck you! Yeah, and she's like she's Romanian, and she and that's where they are. And she was saying how like they, the Tate brothers like helped her or something. So she might whatever. be the hottest fighter in the UFC. She's I'll, up there. I'll allow it. It's like <laughs> her and Tracy Cortez. Let's see if they. That's not a great picture. It's not a great picture, but I I know what you're talking about. I I don't disagree. Uh, here we go. I guess that's really the only fight in the prelims that interests me. I mean, right below it, there's a an undefeated seventeen and zero flyweight. Yeah, he's where is that from? What he's from fuck? Kazakhstan. He, who are these people that he's fought? I mean, it's probably his UFC debut, so you're not going to have heard of any of these people. But oh, he fought in... Tyson Nam. He has had a UFC. He already debuted in the UFC. Uh, I got a split decision. 
That was my birthday card. That's right. I think Charles Johnson is the guy that spoke out this week about how much he hates the Apex. Is it really? Charles Johnson is the guy that has the worst fucking haircut in the UFC. And this actually doesn't do it justice. He's the guy that will shave the top part and leave that little pube uh, fucking bush in the back of his neck and dye it pink. Energy. Charles Johnson, for no reason other than shitty nickname and shitty hairstyle, is like on like low on the list of my least favorite fighters. Well, he's lost three in a row, so yeah. But he's openly shitting on the apex, so I love him. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you there, Charles. This guy, Temba Garimba, what a name, huh? Wonder where he's from. I uh, from from he's from Oklahoma. Oh, this is the gentleman that uh, the Rock bought a house for. I love this guy. I forgot his name. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah, this is absolutely. I love. Did you see that video? I did. Yeah. It was. It's kind of a publicity stunt on the Rock's part. It's like you're right. He could fucking pay off all our student loans and shit. And that and whole thing with him and Oprah in Hawaii. That goes back to the Cat Williams thing. Like the Rock needed to film that and put it out. He could have just done it. You're right. You're right. I mean, I'm sure ESPN because it was on ESPN. I'm sure ESPN wanted to get it on there. Right. Um. But yeah, I hope I hope he wins just because I only want good things to happen for this guy. Right. That was so fucking wholesome and good. Is my is this Molly's first fight at flyweight? No, not by any means. She's only fought at flyweight in the UFC. Well, that's not entirely true. No, wasn't her first bunch of fights at... I think at she was flyweight? in strawweight on The Ultimate Fighter because that's all there was, and then she couldn't make weight. But but this fight is at strawweight. It is? Yes. I didn't know that. Because she had lost two in a row at, at, at flyweight, flyweight, and she said she wanted to change and go down. Now, this is a rematch. I know that they fought before. I think it was before the UFC. Uh, no, it was uh, not. What, check that. Was that was that uh, flyweight? It was. Okay, so now they're both down. All right, interesting. That's so interesting. Damn. I mean, she lost the loss against Aaron Blanchfield is like, come on. Anyone could have... Uh... Yeah, she's very good. She's very good. I mean, she did lose super quick, but I don't hold that against her. The Ju- the, the Julius Tolyarenko yeah. one is that's yeah, a bad loss. It's a bad loss. God, I love Molly fucking McCann, dude. For weeks after her one fight, like I kept saying, "I just want a bevy, lad. I'm buzzing." <laughs> it's so funny. Like of the two. I shouldn't say this because it's so misogynistic, but talk about Molly and Diana. Even though I know Molly plays for a different team, I would rather, I'd rather, well, I'd probably want to have a threesome with Molly. <laughs> Just because Diana Bobita, I can't stand. Don't you have enough threesomes? I mean, Jesus. Is there, there's no limit, dude. Save no... some for the rest of us, will you? <laughs> Fuck, dude. <sighs> okay. So, but up the main card, we got Gilbert Urbina versus Charles Radke. 
I don't really know much about either of these guys. No, Gilbert Urbina is the guy that was on the Ultimate Fighter, who's been like three generations of Urbinas on the in the UFC, and they all have been terrible, but he's actually pretty good. Like he's the only one to. He lost to Brian Battle. Like he didn't win the Ultimate Fighter, but he got to the finale. The other ones like lost on the show, like before they even got there. Hmm. Um. Oh, and he lost. He, he lost against Sean Brady when they were both in LFA. Lost to Treshawn Gore too. Oh yeah, that was a bad loss. That's right. Treshawn Gore was supposed to fight Brian Battle, and he got injured. But he did win his first fight in the in the house and and tough. Who's watching tough anymore? I mean, yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, I uh, it's probably going to be Charles Radke, but I'm probably pulling for Gilbert just because I I like the story of him doing well and his brothers did not. <laughs> I don't know why, and I like his personality. Next up, we got. Alias Khab Khizraev versus Mahmoud Muradov. I'm going Jesus. with Muradov. Um, yeah, try to say those names 10 times fast. Yeah, I'm just going to go against you. Okay. I mean, the, the other guy's undefeated. Khizraev is undefeated. Yeah. But something about Muradov, fucking that Uzbeki craziness and being signed by Floyd Mayweather is just crazy. Yeah. Viviani Araujo versus Natalia Silva. Is Natalia Silva the one that got that nasty knee bar recently, or was she was she on the receiving end of it? Oh damn, she's won a ton in a row. She has, and these are these are all outside the UFC. Only these ones are in the UFC here. Um, no, someone else was it was. I'm probably thinking of someone else entirely. There was this one fight where there was two like knee bars or heel hooks or whatever. And uh, I thought it was Natalia Silva, but it must not be. She beat Andrea Lee. Natalia Silva, not not bad looking either, but uh, I think I have to go with Viviani Araujo. Yeah, I have a hard time picking against Silva's, so I'm going to pick Silva. <laughs> Fair enough. This is, this is, this is the fight. When I saw this, I'm like, oh, I really want to. I got, I got to make sure I see this card. Randy Brown versus my guy, King of Kung Fu, Muslim Salikov. This is a very tough fight, but I gotta go with my guy, Muslim. Uh man, we're just going against each other. I'm, I'm a Randy Brown. Uh, give me the rude boy. Yeah, I, I love Randy Brown, and I usually pick him, but I just, even though he beat Mickey Gall. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He beat Mickey Gall bad. Yeah, he sure did. That was, I remember that that was when like, so I was at I was at those fights. I think we were both at this at this fight card. Two seventeen, we talked yes. about it. Yep. I had decent seats, but th- this is like MSG. They have to. We had these fucking monitors, and I was in like, I was in the first row of my section. So like, you know. Uh, by the like if you were to go i would go over and they'd be on the floor so i had really good seats but it like my knees were touching the monitor and i was just like i can't fucking i don't fit this is so uncomfortable and they sat me in the very top they moved me to the handicap like seats and i sit next to this lady who 
was like in her 50s and was so mad that Mark Godbeer and uh, Walt Harris ended up on the ground. It was like, oh, they're making love. And she takes off her sweater and just like uh, is yeah, in like a bra. And I was just like, what the fuck is this lady, man? Yeah, that night uh, I was I was uh, wearing my Mickey Gall shirt um, uh. that I bought from Mickey. And the guy that was, because the front of the shirt has Mickey, and on the back of the shirt, it just says, this is my city. Um, so I'm, the guy that was sitting behind me was a cool guy. Um, and he was, you know, asking me like, oh, who you think is going to win the title fights? And we were kind of like chit-chatting back and forth. And then right before Mickey and Randy's fight that night, uh, they were like, he was talking like, man, I hope Randy Brown fucks this guy up. Like this piece of shit doesn't deserve to be here he just talked a bunch of shit about cm punk and that's why he got signed here this guy sucks so then i i, I got up to go to the bathroom so i could pee before mickey's fight and i turned around to the guy i was like hey uh do you want anything from the snack bar and he just went no i'm good and, <laughs> and he goes uh do you do you know that guy or are you just a fan i go no i i, I know him like i bought this shirt from him like i know him and he was like i'm sorry man <laughs> i at least he apologized i like that yeah like no that. he was a cool guy but when, once he saw what shirt i was wearing like it cut him off mid-sentence like no i'm good <laughs> i'm sorry dude <laughs> god damn it i love that but yeah i really i really like randy brown as well that that's that one arm rear naked choke over the sperminator was so yeah. good good stuff I, th I think we're aligned on the next one, though. I hope. So I think Drew Dober is going to win, but I want Moicano to win just to put a microphone in his face. That's actually the same that I feel. I'm picking Moicano, but I do think it's more of like a hard pick. I think Drew Dober probably can get it done, but I'm so pulling for Hanato to... Although he did say on the show, he was like... He was sitting on the apex as well. He was like, that... that that uh, speech that I gave about Money Moicano, that wouldn't have happened at the Apex. So, like, right. now I don't know, but, like, the way he's just been so outspoken, it, it won't matter. Like, he's going to say something. He's going to yeah. say something. Yeah. Love it. I love it. I love Hanato Moicano. I can't get enough of him. Like, I really don't. Like, yeah. fuck. All right. The main event. Why is this a fucking main event? This is so bad. This so, should be the main what, event. I'm not the you know what's fun? You know what's funny about this? If Roman Delize versus Nasruddin Amavov was on three hundred three hundred, I don't think I would have said that it passed the the apex <laughs> test. I agree, and that's bad because it literally is headlining an apex card. Yeah. That's so bad. Um, now is Imavov the guy that fought Sean Strickland at two hundred five when Strickland uh, took it on short notice? It definitely is a guy that fought Sean Strickland, and he beat him. Was it two hundred five? No, he lo he lost to Sean Strickland. Oh, he he lost. Sorry, he lost to Sean Strickland. I'm, I'm I always confuse that. Yeah, so it's, it says middleweight. Middleweight two hundred five. Yeah, yeah I think it's because it was short notice. short notice and said he couldn't make couldn't make one eighty five, so they did it at at uh, two hundred five, and Sean beat him. Um, yeah, I, I'm picking Delizze. This is the guy that used to spar with uh, Francis Ngannou. Oh, okay. 
Um, I yeah, agree. Delizé is probably going to win. Uh, yeah, I'm picking Delizé as well. I always, whenever, whenever Roman Delizé fights, I think of this one time I saw the homie Jessica Napic tweet. I think it was, I think it was when he was about to fight Vittori. No, it was someone else because Vittori was fairly recent. But she was like, "Welcome to another edition of Is Roman Delizé hot or is he gross? I don't know." And I was like, "It's both." I love that. I love that tweet. Every time he fights, you mention it, and it always, it always. <laughs> Brings me joy inside. Yeah, dude. Like, look at that. <laughs> and the chest hair leans gross. Yeah. But is he hot or is he gross? Him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes is the answer to that question for sure. <laughs> His nickname is the Caucasian. What? How did I not know that? Oh. I mean, Georgia is in the caucus reason re region, so he's literally saying that. He's not saying like the whitey, but like, bro, get a better nickname. <laughs> That's great. That's. That is a great nickname. Let's see. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's kind of like so bad. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> However, is that that must be new, or maybe that's like maybe know. that was back from his early days, and he dropped it when he got in the UFC. But yeah, topology still has like it. That, that would have came up before. Yeah, and I I feel like I would have heard Bruce Buffer say Roman the Caucasian Delizé. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. Well, that's it for me. Do you have anything else to share? No, I'm good. Let me shout out the patrons. All right. Shout out to APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T Cross, Dave L, Anonymous, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, David S, Harry Andrew. QAR, Zim, and Shane Terra. We love you guys. Oh, shit. More breaking news. 